My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist, but secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime and find other metahumans like me. After defeating Zoom and saving the multiverse, I ran back in time and created the alternate timeline, Flashpoint. I restored the timeline to how it was, only to find things weren't as I left them. I brought new threats to our world, and I'm the only one fast enough to stop them. I am The Flash. Welcome to the Anything Goes Podcast, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcast in Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. And we're back, and we're talking about a TV series. Not a movie, not a book, but a TV series. As you can tell from the title, we're talking about Flash Season 3. Now, whenever I've done a TV show that's based upon a comic book property, I usually have two guests with me. And luckily, the three of us are reunited for this episode. Now, guests, please introduce yourself if people do not know who you are. Or or just awaiting your reemergence back on the microphone. Is this where I talk? Yes, Mr. Standoff. <laughs> Mr. Fucking, Mr. Fucking, the best podcaster uh, of the year. Yeah. My, my name is Bob Rock. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I, we have Bob Rock of Metallica producing fame. Fucking, also a banana fame. <laughs> uh, my, <laughs> easy there, Tim. My name is Chris Maffei. <laughs> Tim's died, we're not even made it into this thing. And now I have, we, Justin and I, have just inherited Anything Goes, <laughs> the best geek and pop. Has anyone challenged you on that yet? Has Not there been, yet. Has there been another geek and pop culture podcast that's been like, hey, man, we're the best? No, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it until somebody does challenge me, and then I'm going to say, fuck you. I'm what, not changing the theme at this point. What if we make another podcast, which we're doing, and then that becomes the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from Long Island, New York? What well, happens in that then? case, we'll... we'll, we'll... Broadcast from Saskatchewan, and then we'll won't be from Long Island, and then we'll. <laughs> no, be you know fine. where we can go. Where we go? Scranton. Scranton. <laughs> yeah. So we have, we have uh, Chris Maffei, host of Music of the Mad on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Why don't you say it with more enthusiasm while you're at it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, hi, I'm Justin Cerullo, and for the past three years, I've been podcasting The Flash with these two. Bozos. It didn't sound like you said Amy like that. Like, hi, my name's Justin Cirillo, and like, I'm an yeah, alcoholic. I, I tried. I tried to do that like the Flash open, but the high, <laughs> the high just like made it really awkward. I, I thought he was like hi. cutting a wrestling promo. My name is Justin, Cirillo, and for the last three years, I've been busting my ass. He was about That's to cut. Bottom line, he was about to cut his Austin three sixteen promo. Oh, right there. Cut, Justin three sixteen. Oh, jeez. Before any more sh- um, Stone Cold Steve Justin, uh, I think any more Sheboygan shenanigans uh, uh, arise, I think we should jump into our episode as we review Flash Season Three right now. Play that funky theme song. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight. Shlamil. Shlamazel. 
All right. Before we actually talk about ep- uh, season, I almost said episode three. Season three, uh, just episode three. Yeah, just episode. Very three. specific. Of That's course. with podcasts. You got to be. You got to be niche. You got to. Yeah. You got to be specific. Despite I have a very broad topic for my show and everything, but uh, since we didn't talk, uh, oh no, we did. We did review. We didn't review season two of Flash, did we? Yeah, we did. We did. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to be sure. I you don't even to... know your own podcast. Is it... this really the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from? <laughs> We're Long close Island, to 100 episodes. I'm sorry if we, uh, that I have forgotten one you don't, single episode. You don't love all your children Damn. equally. Fuck no. <laughs> I, I will totally be admit that. Ooh. So you don't love these podcasts? We're children. So why are we doing this then? Won't somebody think of the children? Who cries I'm... for the children? Oh my god. I do. Don't I remember where I was. Oh, oh God, no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> Hello, podcast. Me. No, I was talking about the uh, <laughs> "Here and Aid," uh, "We're Star" song that Dio, uh, Halford, and everybody else. I, I know, and that just some for some reason reminded me of a Toot Le Monde. I think it's because the videos are similar. That's that's fair, but okay. So just for a refresher for the audience and everything like that, what were your expectations going into season three of Flash? Well, I kind of think this is the best TV show on network television right now. So, pretty, pretty damn high because um, just so many things about this show. The writing, the acting. More than Game of Thrones. Best network show. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say that. You know what? To be honest, I think I probably enjoy this show more than Game of Thrones because it's... A lot more lighthearted. Less castration. I don't have to deal with, you know, someone getting stabbed every 10 minutes or beheaded or, you know, eaten by hounds. That's true. Chris? Well, I knew that they were doing – this feels so weird having the – I mean, behind the scenes peak here, Justin and I for the first time have separate mics. So I now have a handheld and – it just feels so weird sitting here actually holding the mic and talking to you guys in my basement. It just feels really weird. I feel like we're in like some sort of deposition. The Inquisition. <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish, Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition. Oh. But, uh, I mean, going into season three, obviously we knew they were doing Flashpoint, which as soon as season two ended and we knew that they were going in that direction. I was like, well, this is, there's no way that this isn't going to be amazing. And it turned out a little bit different than what I thought it was going to be. But right. I mean, I still really like this season, especially the back half of the season. Mm. And there were times in the beginning where I was like, where are they going with this? What are they doing? Are they doing another, we're not going to reveal the villain until the very end. And it's going to be the guessing game of who is it? Who's Jay Garrick? Who is zoom? Who is this? Who is that? Who is Savitar? And I feel like a lot of that stuff distracts from what is otherwise a really compelling show. So I was hoping that they didn't fall into that trope of guessing who Savitar is throughout the entire run of of the, of the season. Which I wish they would have revealed him a little bit sooner. But uh, I, I overall I was happy with the way that they handled um, this season. Mm. And like I said, especially the back half, really, really interested in where they're going in in season four as well so um but i mean just to put it back at at the time when when the whole flashpoint thing kind of opened up and that became a possibility at the end of season two 
I was like, well, there's there's nothing that this show can't do. They're just gonna gonna they're gonna fucking go for it, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fucking Showrunner of the Year. Yes, <laughs> Greg Berlin. <Berlant. laughs> um, so yeah, is that, is that your thoughts? I don't want to cut you off or anything. You didn't cut me off. Okay. Jason cuts me off. Zach cuts, cuts me off. off. I cut you off. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that um, because I feel like... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said it was funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Takes out the wall. <laughs> runs for Congress. Uh, what was, what was uh, Town council. Town, town council. A, for, a former classmate of us is running for town council. It's the biggest joke in uh, politics uh, right now. Or, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Aside from the president. Uh, of course. Bazing! <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Not alternative facts, but true facts. <laughs> the car facts, too. Oh, we're off to a crack and start. Co-facts. The co-facts. <laughs> <laughs> the co-facts. <laughs> um, I kind of agree with you where you're kind of unsure where, like, you're saying like, the back half of the season was better than the first half. I, I enjoyed the first half of the season, and I kind of like how it, it does, does ramp up and become more compelling in the second half. I feel like it's kind of like the inverse of season two. I think season two started really well, and then by the time, like, Zoom was revealed and everything in his plan. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna snooze at this point. Like, yeah. like last episode, other than the very ending of season two, where you and I were, were here, we watched the season two uh, finale, and both of us were just like, ah! yeah, yeah, we, we we pretty much pulled. The, we were, we were Kermit. <laughs> Kermit arms right there. If, uh, Ker- if Kermit was Hedstrom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It, that, that he that our <laughs> fucking cool Kermit the Frog turned into one of our college like, requests cool for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I was curious what they were gonna do. What like what big bad would be the overarching billing from it? Like how, would they do another speedster? And then how would they handle the kind of would they just fall in the same patterns that the first two seasons started? And they did and didn't uh, do the same thing. We'll kind of get into that a little bit later. But starting off the season, they start with the Flashpoint timeline where Barry went back in time and saved his mother and now has his, both his parents alive and well in that timeline. And he's imprisoned uh, Earbrothon in a cage that, happens, that dampens his uh, power and everything and knows that this is kind of a fake world. It's a, it is a real to him and everything, but realizes it has kind of ramifications later on when he decides to change it back to where it was. What do you guys think about the, the Flashpoint starting off the season? Um, I was really curious to see as how they would pull this off. Would it be like um, like a couple of episodes? Would it be like the first half of the season thing? And I was guessing that it would take at least a couple of episodes to get past um to get out of the flashpoint mm. universe um and i was really surprised um within the first episode they took us out of it and got us back into the quote real um timeline. universe or timeline so i was kind of like really confused where they would take it from there because I had sort of just like set myself in this way of thinking that, you know, we'd be here for a couple of episodes. And then the more I thought about it and the the more I thought like, you know, aside from like, you know, the the stuff with Earbob Thorne and the, uh, 
in the first episode. Nothing really happens. It's a boring setting for this show to be in. And I was like, I can understand why they got us out of that as quickly as they did. Mm. I was expecting it to be a bit more tragic for everyone else. You know how the whole idea was that Barry's guilt, first of all, of changing the timeline, second of all, of how things turned out for other people like Cisco with his brother dying and things like that. I Overall, besides that, I didn't find it to be that bad. Mm-hmm. I thought Iris was badass. You know, Iris as a cop, that was really cool. And those scenes between them, that was like, you know, I'm sure all the, the Tumblr people, you know, they got their gifts, so they were happy about that. And then it was just fun to see the dynamic of Iris being, like, super aggressive and just, like, fucking making out with Barry and and all that stuff. But really when you – I thought we were going to be able to stretch our feet a little bit and, like, stretch our legs. <laughs> stretch our feet. <laughs> stretch our legs a little bit. And, and, with a torture device, <laughs> stretching our feet out. Put, put, put our feet up on the on the SS on the SSL console and make the Black Album in the Flashpoint universe. EO Bob Rock would with Dave Mustaine still in the band. All Metallica. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be the Flashpoint Metallica. Dave Mustaine still in the band. Yeah. Hello, band. <laughs> Meet the real. Dave Black. Mustaine should be a Flash villain, or at least voice one. Like the next speedster that has like a voiceover, like with a with like an effect, it should just be Dave Mustaine. Hello, yeah, Barry. The Flash. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh no! But, it but, should have the same production value as Killing as My Business. Like, yes, that, like it should be really crappy and everything. Yeah, and like they should play like the piano part from Last Rites, Love to Death. That sounds like it was recorded on a cassette player. <laughs> oh God! But go on. But yeah, I thought we were gonna be able to like kind of spend a little bit more time in in the flashpoint universe in the in the timeline than we actually did so when we're already going back then it was kind of like well maybe i just didn't have the right expectations or maybe they were leading me down a path of well flashpoint is going to be this big fucking thing and all of a sudden it's you know it's one episode and then we kind of get things not back to complete normal, but we're back in our old timeline. We're trying to fix the mistakes that Barry made, which has been the entire show up until this point, which I'm glad that's something that season four is going to change, and he'll actually be competent for once. <laughs> Very excited about that. But overall, I just thought, really cool concept, so many things you can do. Um, I love alternate timelines. I mean, we're big Back to the Future fans. We love our timelines. We, yeah. lo- I love my 1985A. So anytime we can go pay a visit into a timeline where things have gone askew, then I'm all for it. I'm here for it. But I thought it was just going to happen a little bit you know, more spread out, and maybe we would see that in parallel with another timeline at certain points. But I'm not angry about anything that they did i'm not upset i didn't think it was weak i didn't think it was boring at any point there were parts with savitar that i was kind of like all right let's just let's we don't need to do zoom again they're doing zoom again right we've already been here let's do something different and they did something different which i'm also glad that they're not doing another speedster villain in season four yes great let's let's good let's close the door on that let's turn the page 
Here I am. I said we should run away from this concept as fast as we can. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Fucking <laughs> runner of the year. Um, so my feelings of the Flashpoint timeline is that I thought it would have been – sure, like it's kind of supposed to be kind of idyllic for Barry and his parents are still alive. And it was nice to see him reunited with both of them and to see – more John Lee, John Wesley Sip, um, who plays uh, Jay Garrick and his father on the show. I'm like, more of that, I'm all for. Yeah. So. There were there were really nice moments. Yeah. Like, I think it was in the first episode where they dropped a Back to the Future reference where Barry's mom was like, Barry, is everything all right? And he's like, oh, yeah. Everything's, everything's great. great. And I was like, oh. It, it was, I'm glad we got that. Whatever happens after that, I'm glad we had that moment. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was kind of expecting we would get the 1985A version of the Flash universe, even for an episode or two, and that's why it has to go back and change. That's where, like, the Flashpoint comic and the movie adaptation, the uh, the anime movie, is very much like that. Hell, even one point, one of the Back to the Future groups I'm part of on Facebook posted two stills. One is, like, an exterior of Marty's house, and then it's Barry's house underneath it in the anime movie, and it's the same design, like, the same kind of like L-shaped house and everything. So I was kind of expecting something a little bit more akin to that. It was interesting to see Cisco as the billionaire and that everybody's, their friendship is kind of fractured. Um, that that Caitlin Snow doesn't know that she is really killer frost and everything. And I'm like, okay. And has to get everybody back to reset everything. But of course, Barry realizes not everything is the same when he gets back to his normal timeline. That one of the biggest things, the biggest casualties to the rest of the timeline throughout the rest of the world within the CW universe is John Diggle going from having yeah. a daughter to a son. That would, that, that would uh, influence the rest of season four of uh, Arrow, which we'll eventually cover. Um, and then another big thing that happens now that Barry Allen has a partner. Not a partner, but a co-worker in the crime scene unit. Partner in crime. A par- yeah, a partner in crime. Mr. Draco Malfoy, Malfoy, Tom Felton. What do you think of Julian's character in the show? First, like how you, how you felt when you first met him and then how he developed throughout the rest of the show. Well, first off, I was hoping that he was related to Roger Dorn from Major League. Oh, yes. <laughs> The third baseman. <laughs> the way you just looked at me was, it was like, he was like, get off my podcast right now, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, there are things that we reference to, and like, they're obscure and not so obscure, but that one I was like, really? We're going to pull that reference up? But okay, might as well go for it. Yes, one, yes, yes. yes. One hit, one goddamn hit. <laughs> they're still shitty. <laughs> You can't curse in the air. Oh, who no, cares? Nobody's listening. listening. <laughs> Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. <laughs> you told me Jesus Christ couldn't hit a curveball. <laughs> Hat for bat. Keep that, Keep that Keep warm. That oh, my God. That's, that's got to be, like, related to Batman somehow. Hat for bat. Hat for bat. He's got to just – We need Serrano's got to be giving Batman a hat. At some point. We need to, like, get a picture of Batman putting on the helmet for the first time. Hopefully something better than the Gotham helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. The sex Side- slave. <laughs> Sidebar. I-, I, told the- I told Joseph this at the bar last night. We're like, oh, yeah, he's got a, a mask for it. Joseph's like, how does it look? Good? Bad? And then I showed him the picture. He's like, oh, 
It's well, not. It's not safe for work. It's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's it's all right. But back back to uh, Julian Dorn. Julian Dorn. Well, I'm not a big Harry Potter guy. Right. So all of the well, who was he? Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Draco Malfoy. Mm-hmm. See, I I read the books, but I never watched the movies. Mm-hmm. I read some of the books, so I'm familiar with who he Draco Malfoy was, but I never saw Tom Felton in the movies. So, um, overall, I was just kind of like not phased by all the Harry Potter references that you would get mm-hmm. either on the show or by people talking about, oh, yeah, he's Draco Malfoy, by the way. Oh, I really, I didn't get that. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you for, for telling me that. It's week eight. Thank you for telling me that. By the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but he was Draco Malfoy in the Harry he Potter. He still used to be Draco Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's still shitty. <laughs> he's still a little shit. Don't worry. Go on. I mean, but I, I mean, he—he's your classic, you know, the uptight asshole at the office, who gives our protagonist a hard time, and overall is just a pain in the ass. And then at a certain point, a switch flips, and he comes around, and you come to love him, and he becomes part of the team, and he rolls his sleeves up, and he does what's right, and he falls in love, and then he somehow isn't on the show for whatever reason. And we don't know if he's going to ever be back. Because. Reasons. Reasons. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was a little confused as to how he just kind of slipped away and disappeared and no one really made mention of him. Wow, this town's really going to shit. Peace. Maybe he was erased from existence. Or maybe Torben Ulrich deleted him. <laughs> Justin? <laughs> well, I mean, he ended up being... Very similar in character to Draco Malfoy, at least for the first ten episodes of the season. Um, as Chris said, kind of like this really sarcastic um, asshole at work that Barry was like, who the hell is he? Um, I really thought it was a, a pretty funny idea to just give Barry a co-worker when he's really never had one before. Especially someone who is probably the complete antithesis of Barry when we meet his character. Um, thinks metahumans are all evil. Really has no um, care for them. And it takes him a couple of episodes and, until he starts to, to realize that maybe they aren't all bad. Mm-hmm. And then you get an even... Uh, more um, bigger twist where it ends up he is the one that's giving all these metahumans their power. Yeah, I mean... Under mind control, essentially. Yes, it wasn't by his own volition. Right. Um, Unknowingly. Find, yeah, that we find out that he's actually Dr. Alchemy in disguise and that that he's actually answering to the big bad of the season Savitar and the idea is to bring kind of like show like the doppelgangers of this world the real the the universe that we're used to uh make it more like how Flashpoint was by bring and changing those people their doppelgangers into their metahuman selves and Julian is the person who discovered the Philosopher's Stone. Hey, another Harry hey, Potter reference. Hey, he you know, was in Harry Potter, guys. You know, his wink, name should wink. have been Dr. Aiko. <laughs> Doc Aiko? 
Guys, I think it was in Harry Potter. Uh, yes, we sold a pre-nuclear uh, submarine to a P.N. Gwyn. <laughs> a pre-nuclear submarine. A.L. Fred. A.L. Fred. <laughs> K.G. Uh, Bird. Oh, God. <laughs> now I'm just, I'm just hearing all like, the 60s uh, Batman sound effects in my in my head and everything, and like especially the musical cue for Joker's laugh. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> If Hedstra was the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! It's fucking cool! Whoa! Hedstra Brody! Uh, the page master. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my feelings on Tom Felton as, uh, I almost said, as Draco Malfoy, as Julian Doran here, uh, that it's interesting because I brought, since I am a fan of the Harry Potter series, both and movies. Yeah, I am. Wow, I had no idea from your podcast about them. I know, right? Uh, check out the previous podcast. Did you know that Tom Felton was in those movies? What? No. He's in those movies as Draco Malfoy. You don't say. And he was on this show. <laughs> the hell you say? Aliens. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> They'll be brought up later, don't worry. Aliens will be brought up later. Don't worry. Uh, so I did bring those baggage of knowing him as the kind of asshole character to the main pr- the protagonist. So I'm just like, all right, I wonder if they're going to swerve us a little bit and have him be a different character. Nope. He starts off as pretty much the same kind of – I'm like, this, so this is Draco Malfoy outside of school. He's just a douche to Barry Allen. And it, it's interesting that he's kind of – at least he's shown to be a better forensic scientist than Barry. Or he's shown to be just as competent, if not more, and like sometimes he has to keep up with him. And like, okay, he's not just like Barry's just going to walk yeah. all over him when he's given the chance. Well, I think he's also more engaged in his work, whereas yeah. Barry's zip zooming around doing a million other things at all times. So very focused, very like dedicated. Dedicated. Julian Dorn is to just being—he's just being possessed by whatever Doctor Alchemy was. Yes. So. He, that's all he's doing in his free time. So yeah. he has he has much more time to <laughs> be Draco Malfoy in yes. other movies. Um, and of course, later on we have uh, Harry Wells and Jesse Quick come back from Earth Two with their vertical TVs and everything like that. And we find out that Jesse Quick has become a speedster in her own right as long with Bob Denver, <laughs> John Denver, John Bob Denver is Gilligan. <laughs> No, but but imagine John Denver on Gilligan's Island, <laughs> and like it, the theme song is just John Denver playing the, the Gilligan's Island theme, but it's a John Denver song, and then Bob Denver does "Take Me Home, Country Roads." Did you know that Bob Denver did a Gilligan's Island like knockoff show after Gilligan's Island called Dusty's Trail, and it was like a Western version of Gilligan's Island? You're shitting me. I'm not shitting you. I watched the first episode on YouTube with my girlfriend months ago, and it was an experience, man. What kind we, of we, experience? It was like incidental. It was like, well, we like Bonanza, and we like Gilligan's Island. What if they were the same show? It wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know but, that thing you love? It wasn't like that. <laughs> but but Bob Denver, he played Draco Malfoy. <laughs> And no, I forget it. Go ahead. We don't want to get too off the rails uh, on, I mean, a, on a crazy train. So, and then we find out, of course, Wally West is a speedster in his own right as Kid Flash in the other universe, and he decides to 
want to fulfill that destiny in this world. And they realize they need Harry Wells can't stay on this earth. He belongs on Earth too, so they need to find another Wells. Enter HR. My favorite character. The thing about these wells is that every time a new there's an endless well of you know they're they're going back to that well again this season. But every time one shows up, you're like, "Fuck this guy! I want the other one." <laughs> and then, and then at, by the end of the season, you're like, "Please don't die! Doctor, Please don't kill him!" The Doctor Who, he is the Doctor of the Flash universe, pretty much because he changes personality from from season to season. And you start off like, "I don't like this guy. He's not so bad. He's the best. Don't want it to change. I don't Res- want a new yeah, one. That's Fuck a the really new one. Reset and I, rinse, repeat." I yeah. can't believe I didn't make that. Connection until now. Connection until now. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you remember some of the phrases that HR would use over it. Instead of saying hello, he would say salutations or uh, forget something else that um, he would say often. He, yeah, he did Francesco. a lot of real weird stuff. What? Francesco. Francesco. And with his drumsticks and his coffee obsession. The drum. I, I love the drumsticks. I always just wanted him to play the sad but true. Da, 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 da. Like just out of nowhere, he would have this, this the drum sound too. I don't like. Remember those jam sticks or whatever? Yes. Like those, those electronic drumsticks that just had the sounds built into them. Yes. I wanted him to have those, and it, he would play sad but true out of nowhere. Uh, That's in my in my Metallica Flash crossover universe. In that Flashpoint timeline, that's what HR plays. Well, okay then. Um, can you like become a really like successful filmmaker so we can do that? I'll do that for you, just for that purpose. Yes, and then we can put Bob Denver in um, <laughs> or no, we can put John Denver on Gilligan's Island, mm. and then Bob Denver can play Draco Malfoy. I'll make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. I just need someone to sing "Country Road, Take Me Home," and and this it's "Take Me Home Tonight." So, uh, Eddie I, Money. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> Eddie Jones. <laughs> Alright, this is really good off the rails. Eddie Money. Um I love like one of the things that with uh HR is that they would like throughout the season they would have different kind of things that were similar and different on his worlds, uh from his world to our world, where they were talking about uh my favorite one it was made a gif, it was like Murder on the Titanic! Yes! Who did it? Who cares? We're all sinking! <laughs> I always loved that moment, but did you have that initial reaction that you did not like this Wells compared to H- compared to Harry and compared to Irbothon Wells from season one? No, I, I think I always liked this Wells because he's just really, really zany enough for uh, to at least match my sense of humor, so... I always thought he was pretty cool. Um, I could see how um, him being very different as far as maturity goes from the other Wells. I could see how some fans could have been turned off by it. But um, speaking for myself, I I didn't mind it at all. I was just really suspicious of him for, like, I would say the first half of the season or so. Yeah. That started to go away, but then I was like, oh, no, well, they're going to swerve you, and then he's actually going to turn out to be whatever. But that never happened. Of course, he, he finished out the season as the hero, but I was just really suspicious of him in the beginning. You know, there, there was the episode where he was, like, writing down or recording conversations yeah, yeah, yeah. that they were having, and I was expecting, 
like you said, for that twist, for him to just, like, turn on everyone and for him to be working for his avatar. And it ended up just being a, a kind of dopey storyline where he's like... I'm doing a podcast. I, basically, I'm recording all this stuff for a book I'm writing, like... Yeah, he's, okay. a, he's a novelist on his I, earth. I wish it was a podcast that he was doing. That would have been great. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe he, he, maybe he does. Maybe it's the Audible version. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. But I think there was, when they were flipping through the different wells, is, is, I think there was like another wells that I was like, oh, I want this guy. I want this guy. Oh, oh we got this it. idiot with the hat. Oh. Hat for wells. <laughs> wells warm. But, I mean, overall, by the end of the season, you love HR. But then also when Harry showed up, you're like, oh, I love him. And yes. then you're like, and then wait a minute. they're both together. I love them both together. I ship them. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there, there is definitely a Tumblr, like, Harry oh. on HR shippers out there. And, and, the, and then, and then so the, the really crazy ones want to get Eobard Wells in, into the action. Ugh. That those are the real crazy ones. You know that there's someone out there making that uh, slash fic. Would that be called a uh, Wells sum? Be called all all's well that ends well. Well, well, it's, it's the beach. <laughs> you know, I've contemplated the many mistakes in my life bringing up the subject matter that's on that list. It just made the list. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Well, uh, well. Uh, do you think they'll ever have a female Wells? Why not? There's a female doctor at this point. Why not? That'd be interesting. Female I mean, like, Wells. Are we gonna have a Wells? Um, and Tom Cavanaugh Harriet still plays Bell. the female Wells Ooh. with the wig, or it could be a short-haired female Wells. No, it should be. It should be the wig that L eleven L eleven wears on the Stranger Things, like the really bad and the dress. Wig. Yes, and the dress. And waffles. And the waffles. Waffles. Uh, it should be 11 wells. 11 wells. 11 wells is. That's how many wells that they should have. 11 of him show up. Yes. Um, yeah, like, like you were saying before, when you thought you were very suspicious of him, I agree because I thought it was going to be another reverse flash situation where he'd turn out to be like a pawn of the villain at the end. Luckily... That we find out, yeah, he just, he just, he's an idea man. He's not an actual scientist. He fig, he just, he helps people along yeah. by putting the, getting himself in the right mindset. And he everything. was like the producer of the team. That he's not actually technically going in there and playing all the instruments, but he's like, all right, why don't we, why don't we do this? Why don't let's get into this headspace? Let's think of th something this way. Let's. He was kind of inspiring their thought process. To which they would take their tools and their knowledge, and they would actually go out in the field and put it to use. Yeah. So in that respect, he was like the producer of Team Flash. He's like the Bob Rock of, of Team. All right, let's fucking Mr. Fucking Superhero of the Year. Yes. And like grew on me, and then like how I like the season ends. We'll kind of we'll get to that in a little bit. But how the season ends, I was like, oh, crap. I mean, and like his. Every season, they just kind of built. They've made Tom Cavanaugh's character, whoever he's playing, better and better from the last one. I'm just curious if he's going to be part of season four and what's he going to oh, be. Oh, he has to be. Has to be. I, you know, I heard him. that he was going to play Draco Malfoy <laughs> in season four, but they got the real Draco Malfoy to do it. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. He can do it too. <laughs> there can be two Draco Malfoys. I mean, and then we can find out that it's linked to the Harry Potter universe. 
Um, and then Tumblr will explode. Of course. And after that, uh, speaking of like characters coming back and everything and reinterpretations of it, uh, Caitlin uh, Snow starts developing her metahuman powers and, be- and be- ends up becoming her doppelganger, Killer Frost. Now, what did you think of this subplot running throughout the season, like her battling with her powers and that personality of her coming to fruition? I mean, Killer Frost is really cool, but I... Caitlyn's just so nice. I don't like to see her be mean. Mm-hmm. It's really... She's what? not a cool customer when she's mean. Why is mommy yelling at me? Yeah. It, it's just really... Uh, I I understand why they had to go on this this arc with her to what I'm predicting for this season is kind of have her, like, just be able to tap into her Killer Frost abilities but actually be... In control. Real Caitlyn and be yeah. in control of it and be, like... Yeah, she kind of had to go off the deep end in order to kind of come back around and find herself and then some for some reason be a bartender in the trailer for the new season. I have not watched the trailer for season four yet. Oh, okay. So. I'm very confused about what direction they're going with her. But, I mean, overall, when you saw her posing as Killer Frost that one time, remember when... Cisco and Caitlyn went out to trick Black Siren, and they she posed as Killer Frost, and and when they were Cisco on was too. vibe, yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, it was different from that. That was fun when she was pretending to be evil, and you could be, oh, there's something there. I like that, but I don't know if I like that for a whole season. And with Caitlyn, I'm just kind of all right. I'm I'm kind of done with her, like whole Jessica Jones reluctantly helping the the team she eventually came around and when she did come around i was like well this is this is a great moment and it was earned because she spent all that time just being you know you know kind of solitary and to herself and being evil but at least it was an arc as opposed to well she's in another relationship now and like, she's been like Jennifer Aniston on this show. Like, every Jennifer Aniston movie is like, well, she's single again, and she's getting over her ex, and here's this new relationship, and that's every Jennifer Aniston movie. Like, that's... I feel like having Caitlyn's identity on the show be, she's super smart, but unlucky in love, that wasn't serving the character very well. So, I was excited that she got a lot to do. She looked cool with the hair. Yeah. You know, if, if, if they want to go to, like an alternate timeline where Team Flash is in Ireland, she can be Celtic Frost. And then she could have a really cool thrash band on the side. Uh, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I like some Celtic Frost in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were the target audience for that. Yes. <laughs> With my lineage, yes. It's funny because they've... Um, I feel like they started to set all this up in... Season two, um, and in fact, when I was watching it, I when she goes to Savitar at the end of season three, it kind of reminded me um, of how she never really wanted to give up on um, on evil Jay Garrick back in season in season two. And was kind of kept prisoner there, but also at the same time was kind of hoping he'd see the light. 
So I, I found some a couple of similarities between her positions um, across both seasons. But I, I agree there is there's something tragic about seeing her as Killer Frost because you know she doesn't want to be it and she's very afraid of her powers. But at the same time, when she does end up using her powers for good, like early on in the season when she saves Barry from being trapped in a mirror by mirror the, master. the mirror master, the I was gonna say the villain of the week, mm. but the the mirror master. Um, yeah, you're like, all right, cool moment, and uh, a pun completely intended, obviously. <laughs> I didn't even catch that one. Freeze! <laughs> All right, everybody, chill. Well, I killed the dinosaurs. The ice Killer Ace. Frost. <laughs> um, so, um, it, it's something where I'm really interested to see where they take this in season four. Is it more of like, oh, I don't want to use my powers, or are they going to actually try and develop her? into, you know, a character that can use her powers for good and not have the psychotic alter ego take over. Right. I mean, it was a nice struggle to have that going on throughout because, like you said, Chris, it's kind of like, hey, here's a voltage adapter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, ho, 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 she's really smart and helps him out through the problems, but she has problems with her own life and her own love life. Womp, womp, womp. And you're like... Alright, I, I, you can't do more with this character, and she can obviously do more as an actress, and have that kind of duality that she has to, duality she has to uh, battle with is really interesting, and then have to go back and forth playing the two separate personalities throughout the show is interesting, and I mean... Tom Cavanaugh's like, Psh. yeah, I play like seven people. Yeah. And, and, and like, three you haven't even seen yet. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous, so... With Caitlyn turning into Killer Frost, and then like how she becomes becomes aligned with Savitar near the end, and then actually Savitar, Virgin- I can't stand it. I know you're playing. I, I knew that joke was gonna come eventually. I was like, no, no, let's just avoid it. Just avoid it. Savitar also sounds like a new wave of British heavy metal band. <laughs> yeah, Savitar, Saxon, Diamond Head. Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen of Yorkshire, we are Savitar. Um, <laughs> you imagine a heavy metal version of the Flash theme song? That would, yeah, that'd be cool. Actually, the um, Flash TV Talk podcast, their uh, theme song is like a, a metal version of the Flash, the Flash, the Flash, <laughs> the Flash. Flash. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> like falafel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Swear to me. Ah. <laughs> uh, Swat teams on their way. We don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, but like with Killer Frost becoming more prominent this season, of course, and then hopefully with season four, that Caitlin Snow could just use her metahuman powers and not fall back on it. And I hope it's gonna at least one episode she will revert back to Killer Frost. I'm calling it, and then it'll be like, oh no, we gotta get Caitlin back from her Killer Frost personality because we gotta buy time before the sto- the actual plot of the season catches up again. So. I bet you and we didn't have a musical this season, so we have to do this instead. Yes. Uh, we'll get to the musical episode. But moving on. Although, if there was a musical episode, she could be Frosty the Snow Woman. 
Wouldn't that be the Christmas? Or she special? could be Snow, the white reggae rapper from Canada. It's Flash. I'm not going to bother with that. Uh, let's move on. Let's keep let's keep this uh, crazy train a rolling here. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about Savitar, the big bad of this season. What do you think of him along with Dr. Alchemy throughout this uh, season as compared to the first two seasons with uh, Reverse Class and Professor Zoom? Dr. Alchemy, do you remember years and years ago uh, this band called, I think it was called Portal? And it was um, like this weird band. They all wore like these cloaks, but the lead singer had like his head was a clock. Okay. Or something like that. Or it was like a an old timey like clock or like radio or something like that. I showed you this video. I know I did. That's what Dr. Alchemy reminded me of for some reason, the lead singer of the band Portal. So the entire time I'm watching it, I'm just thinking of of that, which, I mean. Was that distracting? It was very distracting, <laughs> to, to be honest with you. Uh, it's distracting enough to mention it on the podcast, but I didn't really think much of Dr. Alchemy. I mean. The whole Julian Doctor Alchemy thing, the twist, and oh, you you find like the the alchemy, what would you find like the outfit in the drawer or something like that? And it was kind of like, well, at that point, you feel like they're setting up Julian to be a villain, and then they did the double swerve where it's he's not actually the villain; he's under mind control and blah 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 blah. blah. And alchemy is bringing out all of these other, you know, bringing out the evil metahuman in people. You know, the people who in Flashpoint were – did have abilities and were metahumans in this world. He's bringing them to, you know, a, a point where they're causing destruction. And get, the the little girl who uh, who, who Barry Magenta. saves – Magenta. Yes. Who Barry saves. Things like that. I thought, well, while this isn't playing into the bigger – picture of the season i actually really liked those those middle-ish episodes mm-hmm. that were focused around dr alchemy bringing out the metahuman in people and and there was the tease of oh what's going to happen with wally and um when wally kind of faces off with with alchemy that was all super interesting stuff um but it, the whole time i'm just thinking of that that band portal <laughs> And the guy with like the clock on his head. I don't think anybody's thought about that band. Portal. No one, no, no one, one thought, no one thought about that band. In 2017, nobody's referencing that band on a podcast. Yeah, especially I, in the context of this. It, I mean, their vibe was really similar to like huh? the Ghost. Vibe? Huh? Huh? Boo. <laughs> Boo. Boo, like a ghost. Like ah, you were saying. I'm not saying. I'm done. <laughs> oh, you gonna go to uh, Gilligan's Island <laughs> with Dusty Trail? <laughs> And and the theme song for Dusty's Trail is is real. It's Dusty's Trail. It's a trail and it's dusty. It's like it's real. Like, oh my god, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel with this. It was not a who was who was was Sherwood Sherwood Schwartz. Was he Gilligan's Island or was he Brady Bunch or what? I think it was Brady Bunch. Yeah, I think it was Brady Bunch. I feel like he did a lot of shows though. Who did Gilligan's Island? I can't. Gilligan. Why are we not doing a Gilligan? <laughs> 
Why am we not doing a Gilligan's Island podcast? That's what I want to three hours tour. That's 50 why. 50 years old? <laughs> That's what it should be called in every episode. It should be three hours. Love you. That's what I actually call my girlfriend, Love you. Oh, God. Because she loves Gilligan's Island. I w- and she wants us to be the Howells. I was, act- I, I was listening to the fan the other day, and... For- <laughs> it was just blowing on you all the whole time. <laughs> That's how he spends his free time. He listens to that. So therapeutic. <laughs> but they, it was for cool, some huh? reason, for, go away. <laughs> for some reason, they played like a clip of the Gilligan's Island theme song when they were talking about the 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 show host Boomer, and then they were just like, and the rest. <laughs> how about Craig Carton, huh? A <laughs> <laughs> uh. caller. A caller called up on, uh, f- I think, Friday morning and asked, Hey, where's Ponzi? <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> no, that's Fonzie. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday. We're, happy not, we're doing this again. Yep. Uh, but we, Savitar. We, we did happy days oh, yeah. and we did Bohemian Rhapsody before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> which you may or may not hear, listeners. Yes. Sweet. Um, Savitar. Savitar, yes. Savitar! This guy. Yeah. And we'll go into who Savitar really is. We'll do that right now. I like his hair. I, I was just going to say, before we, we get to that, that uh, we were talking about alchemy before we got really off topic. Um, Shocker. <laughs> before we went off on the dusty street. <laughs> this podcast should hit the dusty trails and it's going to keep up like this. <laughs> But my point was, you know, we made um, – we started off the show by talking about Flashpoint and what our expectations for that were. And to me, it, it really wasn't so much about the Flashpoint episode as the season just became about the repercussions of Flashpoint. And one of them is alchemy. Because the only reason alchemy exists in Earth One is because in some other Flash and Flashpoint he existed, and then I forget exactly how it's. Um, it's been a while since we've seen these episodes. Yes, yeah, so yeah, we're a little fuzzy. Did uh, Savitar like? I guess started feeding. Julianne with like this Savitar identity, and that's how he became Doctor Alchemy. Doctor Alchemy, because Savitar would have been able to, I guess, time jump through both timelines. Okay, via I think the Speed Force, I guess, to be able to go from world to world. Yes. Okay. So, but again, it's all because of Flashpoint that this exists, and so when you talk about what does Flashpoint mean for this, for season three? It wasn't so much about how long they were there for. It really ended up becoming, you know, what it meant to the world that they live in. And it obviously had this huge, massive effect, um, especially in this show, but also in the other CW shows as well. Yeah, 
it, it was, it, it, yeah, it's like Barry made a boo-boo. Let's spend the rest of the season fixing it. So there were repercussions. It's not like, well, we did that, and uh, now and, we're back. Uh, yeah. And um, and nothing else has changed. And and nothing else matters. Doom, doom. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not feeling that fire right there. I am not gonna give in to give that. Me fuel, give me fuel. Give me Shit. <laughs> give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me yabba dabba doo. Ooh. <laughs> the Flintstones Metallica. Bob Rock. In the Flintstones Metallica. He could literally still be Bob Rock. Bob Rock could actually be on the Flintstones right now. With that name, of course. Oh my god. Oh man, he rock it for sure. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, it's just a stone throws away. I mean, what else did he do? You're not going to get this, but Bob Rock in the Flintstones universe would totally still be using Steven Slate drum samples. That's a that's a brand of of drums. Steven Slate. All right. I'll just wipe roll with that. Queen of this. I didn't, what'd you say? said I think we should wipe the slate clean of this. That's true. So we, we, should, we should go to where they go in the Flintstones movie, Acapulco. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what about the feelings of the, the Savitar revealed that it's actually a time remnant of Barry and he's his own self-fulfilling prophecy that he went back in time to create Savitar so he could be Savitar in its uh, infinite loop. Yeah, I pretty much figured that. <laughs> no, but I, at that point I was like, it's another version of Barry. Just show, all right, come on, there we go, thank you. Right. Now, you can explain it later, but I knew, I didn't know what how it was possible, because I still don't know how it was possible, even though I watched the show, because a lot of these things are just, but I don't have to make sense of it as long as they do, or right. as long as it seems like they do. But I knew, I was like, it's going to be another version of Barry. What other options are there? They're not yeah. going to introduce someone new, it's not going to be a Wells, it's not going to be Thawne again. It's not going to be Jay or Hunter Zalman or whoever. So, whoever of. <laughs> so, <laughs> we knew it was going to be... It's the Russians another... again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> him with the fucking hat. Yes. Ruski's coming over to take, uh, <laughs> take over Central City. The uh, Kristoff hat. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Justin? Yeah. Uh, like you said... I think um, in the episode where they use Julian to communicate with Savitar, there's like seemingly a throwaway line where he says, I am the future Flash, when he's just like taunting them. And right then I was like, oh, well, he's going to be some sort of version of Barry. Yeah, because the way he delivered that line, it's like you couldn't tell if he was saying, I am the future Flash or I I am the future Flash. Flash. Yeah. So I like the way they did that. It was like just enough that you're like, wait a minute, which which way was it? Which where was the what emphasis? was the inflection? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, with Doctor Alchemy, I thought it was cool to have a kind of a mystical uh, bad guy that Barry had to face off with that, like running at him and being the typical speedster wasn't going to work for him. He has to think outside the box to deal with him. And when it came to Savitar, I like the fact that. Well, it's interesting that. He was definitely a CGI character for part of the season, and then they said, fuck it, it's too expensive, and we built a very bulky suit. And I'm like, at one point, I'm like, that looks like it's styrofoam a little bit, and some, with some LEDs inside you. I mean, I understand, like, budget cuts and everything, but... Um, 
He didn't look as cool as Zoom. No. Zoom no. looked cool. Yeah. Zoom looked and cool. And sounded cool. Yes. And then you have... Then, of course, it's like... the like that. I did not pick up on it. Like, I am the future Flash. I thought it was like, I am... I am the future Flash. It was. I thought it was, that's how it was. But then, obviously, in retrospect, like, oh, I am the future the Flash. I've seen the future, and it will be. I've seen the future, and, I, and the fact that he's his own self fulfilling prophecy. I'm like, oh, like, okay, it makes sense. I don't know. I thought it was just like, all right, this is like, all right, like, this is a lot of effort to go to to do this to get revenge. But Barry pisses a lot of people off. We can tell this throughout this entire show and as a run as a character. I get that. He pissed so many people off, he even pissed off himself. Yeah. And I'm just, just curious, like, all right, he's a time remnant of Barry. I'm like, how is he so much faster than him? And I love I love the the joke of it, of every episode of The Flash. Like, I am the fastest man alive. Obviously you're not because you still get your ass kicked by speedsters whenever they come to town. Like, that's what Zoom did you, did you? That's what Reverse Flash did to you? That's what Savitar did to you? Well, the problem with Barry is that he just runs up to someone and then stands there and talks to them. (laughs) Just fucking run up to them and and punch them straight away. You don't have to run up there, do a little monologue, and then give them time to prepare for you. Like, I understand that a speedster is still going to be a speedster, but, like, man, just... The element of surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. (laughs) Surprise, motherfucker. (laughs) If only he had a Batman to teach him about theatricality and deception. He does. He has has Green Arrow. Well. Sometimes he has Green Arrow. That's someone else. (laughs) That's something else. Speaking of, of theme music, was there anything stranger in the CW um, se- series this season than the theme music for Prometheus? I can't remember off the what top of my head. What was the theme for Prometheus? It was just like this glaciendo piano thing where like... I don't remember that, actually. Go back. It's really strange. It ended up growing on me, but like... Like a rash, <laughs> like like a fungus. <laughs> like I just want I want to go back into Arrow and then like the theme music for Prometheus is like a Gilligan's Island. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sit right back. <laughs> like I, it's funny. I was listening actually to Arrow season one's like score, and I'm, I have my uh, my phone in my pocket. I'm listening to the album, and of course I hear a specific theme, and it's obviously the Deathstroke theme. I'm like, is this Deathstroke theme? I pull up my phone like it is I'm like ah oh, i can immediately tell and i can just immediately it's the moment when he says hi i'm slade wilson and i'm like oh slade wilson and so yeah and then so i thought savitar was like the reveal and everything and his plan like this is kind of lame i mean the the era of mystery around it made savitar cool maybe just the payoff was not as fulfilling as i wanted like but as as soon as you got past that though i thought there was a lot of good stuff there yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, the the final fight between Wally, Barry, and Jay versus Avatar, I really liked. And the episode where they bring him to Star Labs to kind of, like, invite him in and, 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 welcome, and treat him nicely and show him compassion and think maybe, oh, if we show him compassion, maybe he won't be grumpy Barry anymore. Yeah. But that's also kind of, like, 
the ideology of like, oh, hey, maybe if we're really nice to the Nazis, maybe they won't be Nazis anymore. That's true. Which, I mean, no, I mean, some people are just too far gone. Yeah. So, I, so yeah, a, lot, a lot of them were great people. <laughs> some very fine people. Very on both fine. sides. But, but fuck those football players. <laughs> uh, on, bo- on both sides. On many sides. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, politics. Uh, so, uh, invasion. So the aliens have showed up uh, eventually. That's the big crossover for this season. Throw them out. <laughs> <laughs> We're building a wall in space. Space wall. Space wall. We, we can't, we, all right, we can't do Trump jokes. Is, <laughs> I hate Trump jokes on other podcasts. Why are we doing them now? Because uh, we're laughing at them. I wish Bob Rock was the president. He's be sitting in the overall... Oval office. All right, let's fucking sign this fucking bill, Mr. Fucking Dignitary uh, of the Year. <laughs> uh, Bob, we can't do that. Nah, all right. No, but Bob Rock does what he wants. It's true. He's a banana. That's very true. Yeah. See, it's now canon. Yeah. If, if I say it, it's not canon, but if you say it, it's canon. Right, let's split the difference. It's here, your okay? podcast. Yeah. So, Justin, the invasion storyline, they've crossed over all the episodes, all the shows together. Um,. I liked it, especially from Cisco's perspective, because I thought out of all the characters um, that they used in that crossover, and they used the entire catalog, I thought Cisco for me really stood out because, especially how it relates to the, the, what's happening in the Flash, because um, throughout the first half of the season, he really just doesn't like Barry at all because he think he thinks Barry is responsible for his brother's death and he's pissed off that Barry won't go back into the past to save him and this just creates a whole lot of tension between them in the first half of the season that really I was a big fan of because I'm so used to them just being best friends and um, this episode this crossover episode really kind of um, just uh, put Cisco in Barry's position where like he's trying to fix a mistake in the past and he ends up creating the mistake in the present. Mm. That that tension between Barry and Cisco, that was one of those things where it's like it was unbearable. I hated every second of yeah. it, but I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, when we were reading Harry Potter and like in book four, Harry and Ron aren't talking at all. Yes. It's like it's like really, really strange. And you're pretty much in Hermione's shoes at that point. You're just yeah. like, like just it's like like I don't want to deal with this. Please just I wanna end this. Um and I love how like another like mistake that kind of comes to fruition when Barry assembles all the heroes of the CW universe together and they call him out on the fact that like he's caused Flashpoint and he's caused these kind of ramifications that's affected everybody's lives on these multiple Earths and Oliver's the one who pulls him to the side like, yo, I've made plenty of mistakes. <laughs> you, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to live with them, but you know what? What we make what we make for every day, and I think that's one part, like what we make of ourselves today moving forward is well, how we really define ourselves. Do not be hampered by your past mistakes. I think it's an indicator of one of the best pieces of writing for Oliver that would continue throughout season four of Arrow. And I think it's one of the best of Amel's performances in that. And then the fact that everybody becomes possessed by the aliens, uh, um, 
was it by their uh, mind control uh, device, and then Barry has to like deal with that. And like, all right, I'm not just fighting Green Arrow. I'm fighting I'm fighting metahumans, and I'm fighting freaking Supergirl. I'm fighting a Kryptonian. And it's like crap. How the hell am I going to deal with this? And it's just a great kind of how would I say it? Just like great sense of conflict. It's a great escalation. And like, all right, how is he going to get out of this? And how the hell is this going to be wrapped up? And it did wrap up really nicely in the end of that episode. And, of course, that was nice baton handoff into the 100th episode of Arrow in the kind of the dream episode that they have. The one thing that the crossover this year did for me was really put on Front Street how Barry's getting just a shit storm his way about, oh, you went in the past and you changed this and now my, you know, daughter is now a son and this is all blah, blah, blah. And people just giving him shit and giving him shit. Meanwhile, the fucking legends of tomorrow are over there. It's like, oh yeah, we do this every episode. <laughs> yeah, we screw up things all the time. And it's really just like, they can just go be reckless and idiots and screw up things every episode and whatever they do. I don't know. I, I actually haven't watched that show I didn't watch this season. I watched a few episodes, and then I kind of pieced out because after just, the JSA, you were you were done. After this, I wanted the JSA, and I was like, "This is the show I want. Give me this. I'll come back when this is here." But I don't know. I I feel like the things that they've been saying leading up to the next season are like, "Oh, it's going to be a completely different," which is what they said last season. So I'm like, uh, I'm su- "I don't know." I'll be honest. I'm surprised they got renewed. Well, me too. Me too. I thought Black I Lightning surprised. was going to fit nicely in that in that slot, and then that would have been it. I, I wasn't surprised it got renewed. I, I watched it. It's not to the level that um, the Flash or Arrow is at, but I still enjoy it. It's, I mean, to me, this season felt a little bit more like Doctor Who, just going like to different um, time periods, points in, in time periods, and interacting with it. So for me, I kind of enjoy it. Um, I think there are a lot less flaws in the characters this season than last season, and uh, some of some of the stuff from uh, Stein and Firestorm. Um, it helps that they got Sarah, rid of the Hawks. Yes, they I, they were what really they were the worst brought season one down. Plus, uh, I mean, so the show just flew the coop after that. Plus, let's remember, twelve months ago she was a barista. So, I mean, never forget. No. Hashtag never forget. There should be like a Twitter account that like every day tweets like however, whatever length of days it was like 301 days ago. I was a barista. I wouldn't be per- I wouldn't put past Twitter. There's probably an account just like that. There, you, there probably is. There isn't. Oh. I'm going to go. Tweet, it, tweet it to us. Well, Tim, because I'm not on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then it was a nice send off into Arrow's uh, 100th episode and then. The next big plot point in the season is that Barry accidentally goes into the future and sees the death of Iris of Iris West, and that Savitar kills her. Wiggy wiggy, Iris West. <laughs> West, Iris West, Desperado. <laughs> um, and so now the rest of the season is trying to prevent this future from actually happening, and. Hey, it's not a CW show unless it's, somebody's keeping some secrets. So, because Barry tries to Ooh. hold that uh, to himself, and eventually that comes to fruition, and there's a huge blow up. Like Barry says, "Like I'm sorry, I screwed up. We still love you anyway. Don't worry." Lather, rinse, repeat. Um, 
What do you think of this plot line that, that the entire crux of the second half of the season is trying to save Iris? I liked it. Um, but one of the problems when you have a, a season that's 23 episodes long and you introduce this concept, you know, when you still have 11 episodes left in play, is that episodes start to repeat themselves. So one of the problems I had with, like, where the show was in, like, late January, early February was, like, every week it was like, well, how are we going to change the future this week? And that went on for, like, five, six weeks. And eventually it's just like, all right, let's just get to May already. Yeah, because you know that's not going to be the episode where he does it, where he cracks the code. So it was just kind of a waiting game. But during that time, they made a lot of interesting developments with Savitar, and then that was when you know they did the reveal and they had the dynamic of having the evil Barry. So while they did kind of limp to the finish line in that regard, I thought there were some really, especially the the morning when Iris West is supposed to die that day, mm. when she wakes up in the morning, and they just open and it's her like in bed, and they have the soft music playing, and it was beautiful. It, I love the way they did that. I love the way she carried herself throughout the last few days where she kind of accepted it. She's like, if this is my fate, if this is what's going to happen, it's okay. And she records the message for Barry and, you know, accepting, you know, his hand in marriage essentially and not officially. That's to come in the next season. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the crossover actually. Um, they've said that the crossover is going to involve the – it's going to be the Iris – West Barry Allen no shit wedding yeah oh. that's actually going to be like a central point of, I bet you of the crossover you sue and then they have to come back to it a wedding get everyone together you know yeah uh, that so, makes more sense so yeah um imagine having to go to another earth for someone's wedding Ugh. that'd be the worst I can't even go to another state <laughs> let alone another planet. I mean, if if I got the chance to go, if there's vertical TVs there, I'm there. Vertical TVs. Yes. You know, I wonder if. On Supergirl's Earth, if Dusty's Trail was the big show and Gilligan's Island was the spinoff. Now, wouldn't that be interesting? That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Chris, Uh, just sit right back and you'll hear it. (laughs) And you contemplate about that. Um... What if Max Norman produced the Black Album and Bob Rock produced Countdown to Extinction? Um... Hello, Bob. (laughs) Uh, Justin, with, uh, I mean, I think you're right with the fact that having 23 episodes or 22 to 23 episodes a season is kind of a slight detriment to a show like this because, uh, I mean, it could, I mean, it could be worse. You could have eight episodes and wait four episodes for them to all get together. It could be eight episodes of Iron Fist. Come as you are. I don't think we want you there. Whoever you are. Go. Go away. away. Please. Delete that. Netflix. Uh, Yes. Torben Ulrich should work for Netflix. Yes. He should be there. Um, But I think you're right. I mean, at least there was a nice – you always knew where they were going to go. Yeah. And it was nice. Like, all right, this is the focal point. Everything's the crux of everything. Sure, we're going to have one-off episodes in between. But it was a nice ticking clock that they had to deal with. And the fact that, like, it catches to the last day and she's kind of accepted it and you're just like, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like how many people who 
experience this like like oh you have six months to live depending on whatever diagnosis you have and you're like how does one person cope with that how do you deal with like life and then what would you do differently what would you change how do you live life to the fullest up until that point and i would make the black album i know you would make the black album and so it's a kind of interesting concept to tackle and a theme that that kind of runs through this season is to make life uh, the best life that you can it, like, but obviously, do not do it selfishly. Hence, Flashpoint, and so that's cool. And I love, um, oh, f- crap, I'm forgetting the artist's name. Like the street that they meet at is yeah. is a the co-create one co-creator Barry yeah. Allen's Flash is like the one that crosses oh, the name uh, of the, Infantino. The name of Infantino, In- yes, yes, Infantino. Yes. Thank you, Carmen Infantino. That's the artist. That's the uh, creator's name. Um, that was part of the. I, I love those kind of like Easter eggs that they kind of pepper throughout. And so we'll get to the extra reveal at the last because, like, our extra is talking about it now. Iris West does die by Savitar's hands. Die by we, my hand. hand. A creeper across the land. Yeah. Killing first for me. More Metallica references in there. But we find out it's actually HR in disguise. When that reveal happened, how did you feel? Happy and sad and, like, way too many emotions for one person to experience all at one moment. Um, you know, I kind of forgot that he had that device that let him wear someone else's face. Because I think it was, like, uh, at the end of the first part of the season, like, they all realized, like, you can't go out looking like a murderer and a guy who blew up Star Labs. So you need some sort of disguise. And he made it. And then it kind of got, it made like an occasional appearance um, like once or twice throughout the rest of the season. And then it has its big return for that final episode. I'm like, <gasps> there is a point to that. I, that was something that I picked up on pretty early on. I was like, as soon as we knew what was going to happen and kind of the way things were going, I was like, HR is just going to, he's going to pose as Iris. But I didn't I didn't think they were going to go that direction, but I wanted that to be it because I didn't want Iris to die. Because, I mean, we already lost, we lost Laurel mm. in Arrow, and I didn't want to go through something like that again where it's like, well... We lost another central figure of a TV show, and they're just going to be thinking of ways to bring her back, but not really, but kind of, but not really. It's like, let's not even do that. Barry and Iris should be together. Don't kill her. Have HR die and sacrifice himself, because realistically, he's not coming back next season. It's not like, you know, every season we're going to get a new version of Wells, so it it made complete sense. At first, I didn't think they did it. At first, because when I saw them cut to Joe's reaction after it happened, and then my heart just shattered into a million pieces, I was like, no. They no, they really did. They really killed her. I really thought that they did. And then um, we, you know, we got the reveal, and, and it was perfect, I, th- I thought. I thought they couldn't have handled that any better. Um, unless, instead of Infantino Street, it happened on Dusty's trail. <laughs> I kind of thought it was like like the mask and everything. I thought it was just like a 
um, phony baloney science way just to get around to have his we don't have to have him disguised and everything like that. I didn't think it would actually play into the finale, but once it did, I'm like, it was like the joke of like, I should have had a V8 and I should have put that two and two together. Um, yes, you roll your eyes at me all you want, Dusty Trail. All right, if you're gonna give me shit for making references <laughs> throughout the show, true. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, that's. That was smart, and it sucked because I'm like, ah, oh, HR, like, because he, he, like we said, he grew on you, and then his sacrifice and just made it all worth it. And I'm like, oh. my sacrifice. <laughs> is, is there a video on YouTube of of clips of HR to my sacrifice by Creed? I hope there is. If not, we probably should rectify that. <laughs> yeah, can we make the <laughs> uh, the music video for that? Can you take <laughs> me higher? HR drink coffee yeah yeah that's that's what I did right there uh, how, how, HR that? should play drums in Creed <laughs> I mean I don't think it would be that hard let's be honest no I don't think doing anything in Creed is very hard except for actually being in Creed <laughs> Just the, and dealing with <laughs> the, the, the toll it takes on you personal and professional life at that point oh yeah I, uh, I play guitar for Creed oh you do what oh, oh. don't worry I'm gonna go and form a slightly better band and I'm gonna do Edge's theme song it'll be, it'll be good oh okay it'll be okay um, and then and then Scott Stapp is gonna get drunk and play poker on TV and lose his shit on TV <laughs> Kung Fu um, so yeah and then like one last step big up <laughs> Yeah, like he had that kind of like freak out on Spike TV uh, with one of the dudes from The Sopranos. Um, the last like big episode I want to talk about is the musical episode duet. Yes. Mm. Now they didn't do any Creed. No, but it's a shame. Good for them. Um. So <laughs> we didn't. I, I just realized we didn't talk about Joe at all. Well, we we're gonna talk about characters at the end. Oh, okay. We were, yeah, I was, we were talking about the characters throughout. Like, I just want to talk about big like plot points, and then we'll go into characters for a little bit. But this is the last big plot point I want to talk about. Um, when you, they was announced as a musical episode, what was your initial reaction? I was like, "Oh yeah, Joe go sing, Joe go sing." He's gonna sing Creed. <laughs> I was excited to hear um, uh, Barrowman sing. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I had no idea that Stein could sing. Yes, Victor Garber, can, Victor Garber. Sing, can sing really well. I mean, I forget what the hell. There's something else I saw him in that he sang, and I'm just like, I totally <laughs> forgot about it. The, until then. the Deo sing, the Deo scene in um, Legends of Tomorrow. Watch the show just for that scene with Victor Garber. It's the best thing that has ever happened in that show. I honestly thought you were about to say Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> I, was like, oh my God. I was like, oh, he was in there. Yeah, the <laughs> like, like, he oh, played Olmec? With, <laughs> with the Silver Snakes. <laughs> you know oh, who can also cool. sing? Uh, Prometheus. The guy who plays Prometheus, he like he legitimately can sing. Well, I don't know. There's like videos of him, of him on YouTube. Really? Yeah. When I find out who Prometheus is, I'll look up Oh, you're video. not e- Oh, you don't even know who that is yet? Not oh yet! God. Come on, He's what are so you doing? Behind. What? The whole, the whole time. The, the whole time, yes. Huh. So, and, like, my reaction was that I'm a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, and once I heard there was going to be a, a musical episode crossover between Supergirl and Flash, I was like, oh, I'm all for this, and I'm totally game for it. I love the fact that they pulled Music Meisters, the one who kind of pulls Supergirl and Barry Allen into a shared coma where this kind of noir 
Ferris-40-ish version of their world is kind of run by musicals and run by musical logic. And they have to sing their way out of it and kind of realize that they should stay with their the ones they love. Now, what do you guys actually think? Of, do you guys uh, have a particular song that stuck out to you? Was there a song that you didn't like, et cetera, et cetera? Or was there one performer in here that really blew you away when you were not expecting it? Um, Probably the song at the end where Barry Reed proposes to Iris. That's the one that sticks out with me. Uh, I mean, that's a tearjerker right yeah. there. I mean, that's it's like you can't help but fall in love into that, in that scene. It wasn't particularly memorable for me. I liked it. Um, I didn't hate it. I think it's the lowest rated episode of the season on IMDb. I don't know how. I don't think people really appreciated taking like a complete detour from the through line of the season for that just to have a musical episode. And I mean, I, and I agree. You want to serve the story as much as you can instead of like... I don't know. There, there were a lot of things, and especially with with Kara and Monel in that episode, and there, there were some things that I was like, "This is a little bit too not convenient." But it was there were some things about it that I wish that they would have integrated a little bit more into actual, you know, character development and actual the story mm. of both of those shows. But I realize it's hard. We have different. Writing teams, you have different production schedules, you know, all these things. It's it's a hassle. So what we got was fun, but it wasn't necessarily something that I felt was essential to the season. But anytime Joe sings, which and, – and, you know, in, in the alternate timelines when he's a – you know, when he's singer – when he's a singer and stuff like that, I always enjoy that. So more Joe singing is always good. So I hope he sings in the next, um, in the next season, whatever, however they can make that happen. He should just be a singing policeman. He should sing people their Miranda rights. You have a you right have to, to remain silent. silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Law, law, law. You have a right to an attorney, attorney. And then he should work with Bob Rock. Yes. And produce the Black Album. <laughs> get it? Yeah, yeah. Cause he's... I, because Joe is African-American. I get it. Boo. Yes. Uh, so. I love Joe. I know. My, the song that I that resonated me, with me the most is actually it's Victor Garber, Jesse L. Martin that plays Joe, and um, John Barrowman saying, More I Cannot Wish You is from Guys and Dolls. For some reason, that moment where they're pretty much telling you go be with the one you love, pretty much, and I just want you to be happy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then what's the thing that got me the most is when Barman comes in for the next, like the second to last, like the pretty much the last verse, and of course I've known him as as Captain Jack on Doctor Who for years, and then of course as Malcolm Merlin in the CW universe, and now as a singer here. For some reason, it just really got me. And this is my favorite episode of the season, is the musical episode. Yeah, I will say that uh, first and foremost. I mean, and especially, I I don't know why I love that song. I mean, like, as I was going to rank my favorite moments of the entire show, it's still the season one finale. And then this. For some reason, I just really enjoyed it. And 
I don't I don't understand why people didn't like it. I guess musicals are not everybody's thing. I get that, but the people watching uh, a superhero show are probably, for the most part, just the type of people in YouTube comments on any you know DC or Marvel related video who you just see. And they're just some of the most unreasonable people. And those are the people who downvoted that on IMDb. People who enjoyed it, you know, took it for what it was and got out of it as much enjoyment as they possibly could. And obviously, it's your favorite episode of the season. It was a fun episode. And any, I mean, anytime you can get Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin on screen together, there's a magic that they have. And they're with their backgrounds, it's a no-brainer. I you mean, do, they you are do, super friends. You do it. I'm your super friend. <laughs> we are super not friends anymore. Wow. This turned cold really quickly. Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo all of this. D- delete this immediately. <laughs> Justin, what were you going to say? I, I, I want to go back to that, that point you made about, like, people not really liking musicals and... I'm going to disagree with that because right around the time that this episode aired, Beauty and the Beast hit theaters, and it, like, completely dominated the the box office for a couple of weekends. And, and Hamilton was real big this yeah. year. So I think people do like musicals in general. Um, I thought it was just the 90s nostalgia, and they wanted to go see a Disney movie. I think it's some of that, too. But I, I also think, uh, I mean, when you got a, a cast like the One Beauty and the Beast had, I mean... I still have yet to watch it. Oh, it was never seen Beauty and the Beast? No, I've seen the original Beauty and the Beast. I was not going to dignify this movie by giving it my money. Oh, oh well, you should. It's I, I thought it was a really good movie. I like the candle guy. How illuminating. It's... <laughs> It's the only movie well, I like know <laughs> that has Hermione Granger, Gandalf, and Obi-Wan Kenobi in it. So, I had to see it. Wait. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Tom Felton played <laughs> Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Wait, who who's Ian McKellen in that? Ian McKellen was, um, what was the name for the clock? Oh. The guy from Portal. Not, not, not the <laughs> Clock King. I know him. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he was that guy. Oh. And um. Hugh McGregor was. Hugh McGregor was the candlestick. Oh, okay. And the bard Lumiere is from the, the Hobbit guy. was Gaston. Really? Yeah. Oh my God! Blew his mind right there. Yeah, yeah, he did. It was like those commercials where like people actually's heads were exploding. When they were Someone get me a John Stewart gift stat. <laughs> yes, Chris. I have nothing to say. Okay, let's move on to characters. Since you brought uh, Joe up, let's start with him. What do you think of Joe's progression as a character in this season compared to season two? I was devastated when he was an implied alcoholic. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. That was rough. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Joe like that. Nope. Anytime Joe is down and out, oof, I don't. Joe I mean, West he... is down. Everyone's down. Exactly. It, went, it went south, that's for sure. Exactly. Um, he was, he was, and it, like they implied that he was an alcoholic, right? Like that wasn't just me reading into that. I think that's what because I, I think he had like a candy bar, like or something like that. But 
I don't think he's addicted to candy. I think his life went down the tubes and he's now an alcoholic. Yeah, I mean, because like, cause his relationship to what's-her-name, he... I forget, I forget the guy. Cecile. Who, Cecile. Goes awry because she can't handle the fact that she he's part of the Flash team and, like, the the dangers that it brings, if, mm-hmm. if, 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 I'm, not, if I'm not remembering that incorrectly. Well, yeah, when he was pushing Cecile away. Um, but I, I'm talking about Flashpoint. Joe. Oh yeah, yes. When he was an implied alcoholic, I didn't like that. No, that's her. I mean, why would they, the rest of the season? Why would they do that? Because it made it sound dreadful and it gave, gave more fuel to the fire for Barry to change it back to normal. But why? Why Joe? Because you care about him that much, and you know they knew it would hurt. But why would they do that to me, Justin? <laughs> They want to make you hurt. Oh. I love Joe. I like when he sings, too. Yes, because Jesse O. Martin singing is, like, one of the greatest things. And I like when he, when he solves all those crimes. Oh, that's the other show. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> he was on Law & Order for years. Thank you. I couldn't tell from your use of the show theme song. Bum, bum. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wait, no, that's the other one. That's SVU. Oh, yeah. I, do we know how the Criminal Intent one goes? No, because nobody should watch Criminal Intent. But if I... If I Mr. Tilt, Fisk, please stop twitching. I, I, I tilt my head this way. I'm curious and inquisitive and quirky, <laughs> and I know everything about everything. I'm not going to break his own neck. <laughs> I hate criminal intent. That oh, that one sucks. <laughs> it's like it's like all right, we don't care about the crime we accuse you of. We're gonna accuse you of murdering this police officer because he broke his own neck interrogating you. Uh, but also, is uh, Justin your feelings on Joe in this season? Um, I thought he uh, was Joe West, I typical, you know, the rational voice in the group. Um, e- even when. His daughter was, you know, uh, the number one target for half the series. You know, he never really changed. He was really always protective of of Iris. Um, Another well-played series for for Joe. I I have no problems with this character this season. Nice. Um, Yeah, because, like, he's... Because how many things change and how many people go through changes throughout the entire show, yeah. you need somebody to be grounded and everybody can latch onto and be the consistent thing. And that's what Jesse Omar's Joe West is. And like having him – and I love the moments where he's trying to date Cecile and it's the only time he seems kind of not out of his depth but actually – afraid because he's always been fearless and no matter whatever situation is thrown at him but here he's like oh it's my like first like real date and i am kind of nervous and what to do and how to play it and, and like everybody else around is like just chill you're gonna be fine she's obviously interested in you just relax just be yourself sing yes sing to her and then she'll just be like oh like i don't care if there's gonna be meta humans coming at me just like if i come home to your singing voice every night i mean she'd probably do whatever but um what Whoa. i didn't th- i didn't mean it like that you guys get your mind out of the gutter well you hang out with bob rock too much you're gonna get your mind in the gutter listen let's fucking um let's go here policeman of the year yes <laughs> um 
Now I'm just imagining. Um, no, nah, never mind. I'm gonna really keep that to myself. I, I don't want to know what nope. you're imagining. Uh, Barry and Iris. This he's imagining Barry and Iris. Oh. Oh. Sounds like some fan fiction stuff. <laughs> Your feelings of their characters as they went throughout the entire season, and their relationship. Anything else? Nope, that's good. Barry is frustrating, as always, because. He's too he contemplates things to a degree that you don't want to see in your protagonist all the time. Like all the, the the whole time. The whole time. And he just screws so much up. And I'm glad that they're gonna change that in the next season because I could not deal with another season of Barry being inept and like really super cautious sometimes and then super impulsive other times and then like working towards something and then in like a split second just deciding to throw it all away and change things and you know all the repercussions that that brings as far as him as a person with Iris I mean this was when their whole shifting from brother and sister into well no they're not related they can actually date each other and marry each other and all that stuff this is when that started to feel natural and not icky because for a while it felt icky like especially early first season that type of thing it it, it felt real like oh no this this is not brady bunch this is yeah uh... <laughs> another sherwood swartz joint. <laughs> um but yeah i i mean barry and iris are always endgame for this show. I mean, at least that's what I feel that it should be. I know there are a lot of people who want Barry and Caitlin to be together for some reason. I know there are a lot of people who want Barry and Patty Spivet to get back together. A much smaller. Whatever happened is Patty Spivet. I don't know, but she. Spivet and run? Spivet! She ran to a sprocket and. Sam Sprocket from. A bicycle safety camp video that you may have seen in elementary school. Um, I have to show you guys that. Really? My God, I have to show you guys that. You don't have to, please. Patty Spivet. Did we talk about this? Um, in season two, yeah. She reminded me of J.B. Spigot from yep. Doug, Big Shot movie producer. <laughs> By oh. the way. I'm pretty sure I had yeah, the same reaction that. last year. <laughs> J.B. Spigot. I always loved his theme song because it was like, ooh, ooh. And then he had like this short little like manager with with the cigar. Mr. Spigot. Right this way, Mr. Spigot. (laughs) By the way, Tim and I do plan on doing a Doug podcast at some point. So uh, be on the lookout for that because any podcast I'm on, I can't help but (laughs) reference Doug. Yeah. For whatever reason. Can't stop laughing. JB Spigot. There's plenty of podcasts in the pipeline that is definitely one of them. I, yes. He's not. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Maybe, yes. maybe we'll do a Dusty's Trail podcast oh. as well. You can't make me do it. Maybe we'll do a Bob Rock podcast. Just go through all the albums. Bob Denver podcast, or just talk about him and as say a concept and say, "All right, let's fucking." And that's every. That's how we start every episode. Yeah, Justin. 
My podcast idea? No, not your <laughs> podcast idea. Barry and Iris. Oh, <laughs> Justin, how do you think? What do you think the Bob Rock podcast should be? <laughs> well, first of all, I don't know who Bob Rock is. So this is out of context for me. <laughs> what that guy said? Yeah, whatever he said. <laughs> um, Barry and Iris together. I I didn't mind Barry this season. <laughs> He's all right, you know. Yeah, side yeah, character. Cool, cool, cool guy. You know. I'd I'd have a beer with him. Uh, Barry's cool. <laughs> Aaron's cool. Hey guys. Uh, has anyone gotten that wedding invitation yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> At least we don't have to go to another Earth for it. <laughs> Although it would be like going to another planet. <laughs> wedding. Let's be honest here. Let's not beat around the bush here. Inside you. Uh, um, Barry and Iris. Barry and Iris. I actually didn't mind Barry this season. Yes, a lot of what happens with this character is basically <laughs> trying to make up for the giant mistake he made. Big boo boo. With Flashpoint. Yeah, <laughs> a critical error, as they would say. Um, a whoopsie daisy. <laughs> but I thought after that. Um, after that. That's <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. <laughs> I I, th- I thought he really tried his best to like be upfront about it. So like, yeah, I fucked up. Let's try and fix this instead of you know ruining everyone's life. Let's try and just take what we have right now. See if we can make. Um, See if we can try and get things back to as m- normal as things were. And Make thought, the timeline great again. <laughs> tremendous. Huge. Bigly. Huge. Um, Mambia. <laughs> there are some great characters on both sides. Um, but, um, no, I, I, I really did like... Um, his character, and I thought him, his interactions with Julian were great. I thought how he never really stopped giving up um, hope trying to save Iris yeah. was really great. It almost became sort of an obsession for him. Um, as I referenced earlier, like every week. It was, you know, how are we going to do something that might change what ends up happening? Um, and then when you talk about Iris, Tim, you mentioned earlier this, like, mindset with, like, someone who knows that they might die um, six months from now. How they must be feeling, you know, every day when they wake up. And I thought Iris... Um, played that part off realistically, mm-hmm. like that. Um, like she's got one episode where she like tries to write that story by going undercover for like that uh, was it a drugs dealer or an arms dealer yeah. and nearly gets shot up. Um, there's like a couple of episodes where she's like really afraid. But never to the point where she's like 
completely running away from the situation. You know, she's always cautiously optimistic about everything. And then, as you said again earlier, that la- the second last episode where it starts with her waking up on the day where she's supposed to die was just wonderfully handled from start to finish. I mean, like with characters going throughout this season, I mean, Barry, like you said before, it's kind of like the same thing he's done for the first two seasons where he's just dealt the shitty hand every day and, and has to deal with it. Obviously, he, like, for once, he was selfish and wanted something happy for himself. And you kind of understand that, and that's why you were mad at him for Flashpoint, but you understand why he did that. And I wasn't mad at Barry. Uh, I, I, cause I knew, like, at the end, I, I was like, I wasn't mad, but I was like, oh, it's gonna screw something up. It's gonna screw a lot of things up. I mean, I was not mad. I was just disappointed. Oh. <laughs> um, I feel Barry gets way too much. Oh, damn it, Barry! Oh, Barry screwed this up. Barry, that's did what this. Barry did blah, blah blah. It's like that's why I love that scene with Oliver. Let's yeah. like, say, like, don't, don't let that bother you and everything. Yeah, Oliver's like, like, dude, listen. I can't change time, and I'm a million times worse than you. So, like, just do you know how many people out. I've killed? Chill. Yeah, and and first of all, Oliver says, like, hey, if I had the ability to go back and change time, you bet your fucking ass I would do it. Yeah, I mean, how many things he would have changed if he had the opportunity to, like, like he would have gone back and saved Shadow, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, and his so, father, his father. Know, I mean, his mother. Prevent the whole undertaking thing yes. and prevent, you know. He would – oh, my God. Oliver would – we wouldn't even have the whole CW lineup Yeah, if Oliver could go back and change time. All the shows would just not exist anymore. Right. And so – You'd probably get a really good uh, song out of it, though, from, like, Tina Turner. Didn't she do If I Could Turn Back Time? Who did that song? Cher? Cher? Was it Cher? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. It is Cher. If okay. I can turn back time. I mean, as long as you believe in love. Do you believe in love? love? Uh, so it was kind of like the same thing day in and day out with uh, show. what? It's the last time I bring up Cher on this show. We will never share that moment again. I hate you. <laughs> Listen, Sonny, don't do this, okay? <laughs> oh, all right. oh my god! Finger guns! I really just pulled the finger guns right there. So. It was kind of like like this little. Hopefully Barry gets a break, but obviously he does, and he has that great moment when he proposes to Iris and and sings to her, and you're like, "Oh, these two are meant to be together." And Iris, she does become reckless because at least temporarily, because she knows she's yeah. going to die, and she's like, "All right, my destiny's not going to be like this. I Dang. could get away with it." And I can see people doing something like that, not knowing that how time could be rewritten rewritten and like she could die then instead of later uh, that would have been interesting yeah just like oh like shot in the head like oh huh <laughs> and then the curb your enthusiasm music plays just hard cuts to black and like no <laughs> credits Boom. it's just a promo for the next next week and i'm like uh all right guys we'll go with that and then they just do a hard reboot in the middle of the season <laughs> My name is Barry Allen. It's just Leonardo DiCaprio from Catch Me If You Can. Barry Allen, Secret Service. Um, and then it's kind it's of It's Ezra like, Miller. Oh. I'd be interested to see that. Hopefully we will be seeing that. 
Um, so, and we kind of like how Laurel, it's kind of like the same thing with Laurel, that like how when Laurel started on Arrow, you kind of didn't like her and you found it very annoying. The first season of Flash, she was, the Irish could have been, was at least written to be kind of like the nag and that she was kind of annoying and kind of something that was holding Barry back. But at this point, it, I, I, I didn't find her yeah. to be... I mean, at least like the first few episodes, you kind of like say, like, oh, this, could this just be a very like romantic foil for Barry? If anything, the, the annoying thing would be Barry pining after her while she's got her own life going on. And she's, yeah, but that and she's, and everything. Yeah. So There's enough of that going on in Arrow. That's true. That, and that would have been what was annoying. <laughs> Barry didn't kill Eddie. <laughs> uh, Arrow season four review coming soon. Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie lives. <laughs> But um, go on. That would have been the annoying thing. I never, I've never found Iris to be an annoying character at all. Not anywhere near Laurel. Standard, season no. one, season two. The, oh man, and the puffing and the puffing of Laurel in the first and season. blowing your house down. Who's <laughs> <laughs> afraid of the big bad wolf? Bad wolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so and like their relationship in this season, I thought was. Perfect, and it was them. Hopefully, will. And they had a cool apartment. How the fuck can they afford that? Barry doesn't even work. No. Hey, Central City, shit goes down there every week. You know how inexpensive it must be. Try and get people to live there. It's kind of like it's kind of like what I think I was with Fatman and Batman when they're saying how Vicky Vale could afford their apartment. It's like nobody else wants to live in Gotham. No wonder they give apartments away like that. Yeah, it's like how how Daredevil affords his apartment because there's the big neon sign right across the window. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like he's going to see it. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like that, but it's a whole city. True. I love the fact that we actually did walk through Hell's Kitchen when we went to see yeah, Dunkirk, cool. by the way. And we are walking down, she was like, is this Hell's Kitchen? I'm not sure. I look back at the map like, it is Hell's Kitchen. kitchen. Um it's like, oh, it doesn't look so bad. I don't know why they would need a daredevil, but we didn't walk through it at night. We walked through it during the day. We also anyway. didn't walk through it after aliens from a different dimension had come there and wrecked the place. That's true. And so let's move on to another character I want to talk about. We didn't talk to him about, talk about him that much. Cisco. Oh, continues <laughs> to be my favorite. <laughs> I just thought of the thong song. <laughs> Where was he? I'm sorry. <laughs> He's not going to be the butt of your jokes, okay, sir? Justin, oh my how'd God. you feel about Cisco this season? Uh, after after he and Barry got over there like, oh, you killed my brother and now you Prepare want to Prepare to die. <laughs> you, you screwed up kill, and got my brother killed and now you won't go save him. Once they got over that little misunderstanding, um, Cisco started being Cisco again and he was awesome and i loved his relationship with hr and uh, francesco <laughs> and and gypsy <sighs> gypsy how have we not we've been recording for an hour and 48 minutes that's the first time we've mentioned gypsy is it yeah uh, yeah oh because we haven't really brought cisco that much throughout the, the episode <sighs> so yeah i feel like he was really big towards the um the second the the final act of the the season because once they introduce Gypsy then you know he becomes really involved with um 
vibing them to Grodd's world and back and forth and um, eventually, obviously, I can't remember him in the final couple of episodes actually, but everything leading up to that with um, with Gypsy, you know, just gave him another um, character to interact with. It gave him someone other than a person who had just been a barista to flirt with. Um, I knew or, go there. Or uh, Captain Cold's sister. Yeah. yeah. She's creepy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, at least she doesn't speak the same way as Captain Cold does. Well, very like just you kid. never know, oh. Barry. <laughs> I am and I uh, I am and I do. And I'm just going to talk in this very direct manner. He talks like Eartha Kitt. As Catwoman. He does. Holy shit, I never put that together. Yeah, let's go to that. Now that we've mentioned Captain Gold, can we go to, like, the episode where, um... He goes back in time. Break, yeah, they break into the Argus, um, Argus facility. With Captain Cold, I thought that was one of the the best episodes of the season. It was, it was, and you get to see Lila. Yes, and you get to see Amanda Waller, which is always good. And King Shark, and King Shark. I mean, you don't you don't get to see Amanda Waller. She is Amanda Waller now. She is yes. filling in for yeah. She's the head of of, Ar- of Argus. Argus at that point, right? Um. It's funny, like the the four steps of a plan that Captain yes. Cold lays out is kind of become part of my mantra. I just realize, like, <laughs> you make a plan, you execute the plan, plan goes south, you throw out the plan. I realize that how much how much that happens in my daily life. I'm just like, how I'm going to do this? That's what's going to happen. Uh, this is probably how it's going to go wrong, and that's how I'm going to just uh, wing it at that point. What if the plan is to wing it? Well, then you don't have a plan. I'm not going to get into a philosophical debate about if, like, having a plan, not having a plan, is that a plan? Is, a, is that in itself a plan? Like, is a TV watching you? Are you watching the TV? Bullshit. We're not going to get into this philosophy 101 here. That's yeah. philosophy 101? Yeah. I think Interesting. That's... Yeah. Fascinating. But, Cisco. Well, what if it's a vertical TV? Well, it's an upright citizen. Only they get to watch vertical TVs. Cisco. Um, I don't like sad Cisco. E- emo Cisco. I don't emo like emo Cisco. Cisco. Which was worse, emo Cisco or emo Barry? Definitely emo Cisco because yeah. I mean Barry, he can be, he can be moody. He can be Barry's dealing with a lot of. Things that the average person will never have to deal with. I'll give. I'll cut him a little bit of slack. Cisco, although he does have metahuman capabilities, he's still our representation on the show for the most part. I mean, he's a lot smarter than the audience, but he's also still kind of the guy who's like, "This is really fucking cool that I'm here and." I'm, I'm a part of this, mm-hmm. and I love everything that's going on. So when he is salty, it's like, are we supposed to feel salty? 
Are we supposed to hate Barry? I don't hate Barry, but I feel like I should because that's how Cisco is. And I usually, I'm usually there with Cisco when he's enjoying. He's the emotional core of whatever scene he's in. Yeah, I'm usually right there with him. So it was strange to have to separate from Cisco. And at that point, it's like, what? Do, am I HR now? Is he the the new emotional core? I'm not even sure about him. I'm I'm really suspicious of him. So it made for a really weird early part of the season when Cisco wasn't Cisco. But when you know when they came around and and when you know him and Barry they got back on the right foot and when you know everything kind of came back into place, then it's just like well now Cisco had a good character arc. Now he's in control of these powers, and now he can be even more of not only useful in a technical sense, but useful out in the field and useful as part of the team right on the front lines going out there and kind of whether he's vibing someone or whether he's using his metahuman powers. It's like Cisco. This is the guy. This is he's he's my number one guy. You are my number one. A guy. Yeah, it, it's funny how you said that that uh Cisco was our surrogate in the show, the surrogate for us. I always had this opinion that either Joe or Iris was the surrogate because they are they don't have the they're more similar to us like Cisco is like this genius who if he doesn't know exactly what's going on he kind of gets it and is open to the possibility that it could happen whereas Iris and Joe are just like what the is going on okay, here? Yeah, I, see, I I can see that they're the lame in them. Joe, yeah, Joe is the one who has to have things explained to him. Yeah. So in that way, Joe could be the audience. But I uh, I don't know why, but I've always been like, oh yeah, Cisco is Cisco is me. He's, it's, it's he's all, so it, lighthearted. Yeah. So I guess he's very relatable. So like, well, if I were in that situation, I'd be cracking I, jokes too. I'd be exactly. So I I think that was it, and also the way Win is on Supergirl. I was like, oh well, I've always seen win as like the emotional core of 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 that show and he's also super smart too mm. maybe i just think i'm super smart or would be if i was on the cw show i'm not pretty enough to be on a cw show i don't think any of us are no no um it's funny win actually has like one of my favorite like moments in actually the episode of duet when they have to think of the new song to sing in front of the audience, and they're singing Super Friends, and Barry makes fun of Superman, and he's like, I don't think your cousin's really that cool. He's like, ooh, ooh, I'm Superman. It cuts to wind. And wind just looks at him like, like, not understanding, like, because within the context of the world, he has no idea who Supergirl or Superman is, and he just gives him such a peculiar look. Like, he's a really strange person. Just wind's face right there. He's a, he's a strange young man. Yeah. He's an idiot. An idiot. Comes from upbringing. Parents are probably idiots too. Lorraine, if I ever, if I ever see you marry somebody like that, I'm going to disown you. If you ever have a kid like that, I'll disown you. Yes. Um, Who the hell is John F. Kennedy? <laughs> That's how you know you're in a different world. Like, oh, uh, this is not good. I've never seen someone eat that intensely. 
You, you should watch The Sopranos. Oh, no. Like, he doesn't eat intensely. Uh, no, thanks. No, like, James Gaffey, he doesn't eat intensely. He just plays with his food whenever he's oh, in okay. the scene. It's just like, there's like swirling whatever the hell he is around. Sam Baines is a, he's, he's a chilling man. You, you, I wouldn't want to come across him in a dark alley. Of course, he could be rolling a TV with Jackie Gleason. <laughs> like he's 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 both jovial and frightening. Yes, Sam Bain should be the big bad of season four of The Flash. It would be different. It would be a swerve. So my feelings, what swerve, swerve. My feelings on Cisco is that yeah that. Having his grudge against Barry is legitimate and warranted, but it's kind of like your best friends are fighting and you don't, and you're stuck in the middle and you don't want that to happen. Like, please just reconcile so we can get over this. I mean, it's obviously a big important thing that like, oh, my brother's dead because of your actions and you could go back and save him, but you won't. Despite the fact when you went back in time to save somebody you loved and it was okay then, but it's not okay now, yada, yada, yada. And it's in everyday. It's an everyday situation. I mean, I mean, it's kind of like the joke in, uh, I think it was season three of Arrow. Like, oh, it, there's an invasion on the city. It must be May at this it must point. Be May, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting to that point. That I like, think uh, in the Flash, they now like, oh, it there's a matter of on the loose. Must be Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I love when they reference like the time of the year or when the first episode of a new season like Gotham just the other week uh, or this past week the first episode of Gotham every other line I swear to god was well three months ago this happened oh yeah well three months ago this happened it was quite it's been quiet since hey I haven't seen you in three months it's like oh my god like they might as well just say since the last season ended, this is, you know, like, they like, should... Writers, we know you exist. We know the writers' room exists. <laughs> you don't have to tell us. We know you exist. Um, yeah, so... And then, I love the fact that Vibe, as a character, as a comic book character, has always been kind of a joke. But now it's become an integral part for this show. And I kind of like how the show has kind of redeemed him. I think it's kind of Jeff Johns' influence, because Jeff Johns has tried his damnedest to revitalize that character in the comics so obviously it would be something that he wanted to bring to the forefront on the TV show and seeing Cisco as the billionaire as like the in the alternate history of Flashpoint I thought that was interesting and then seeing him as Lois Lowe's here and then of course becoming such a great part of the team using his powers no matter what and the reconciliation between him and Barry was just really was really rewarding as an audience member like oh they're back together Happy, ah, so we don't have to deal with that kind of awkwardness after that. Uh, like one of the last characters I really want to talk about is Wally West. Mm. Wiki, Wally, Wiki, Wally, West. Wally, Wally West. I knew that was coming. Desperado, <laughs> Rough Rider. No, you don't want but, nada. Uh, <sighs> I don't know the rest of the words. I I I go into Men in Black after that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, th- that reminds me when we went up to. Uh, Disconnectedy. We listened to. But hey, do you remember when they? they, they <laughs> oh, is it Carlos who screws up the lyrics? Yeah. Uh, he always just goes right into Men in Black because they have the same song. The they same are song. the same song. And then he makes his neck work. Yes. <laughs> I like those are now only, scream. Uh, those are the only dance movie those. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, 
brought another person before to listen to Hey Do You Remember? Or at least yeah. a little bit of it anyway. I, watched the, I listened to that episode, didn't watch it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, he, if yeah. you watched it, I really want to know <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what I'm like, you're I'm doing. Like, Justin, like, keep your eyes on the road. Don't watch the iPod. I vibed into that conversation. <laughs> it was really strange. <laughs> he just went really quiet for like two hours. I was like, oh, that's just, he's not even laughing. Like, okay. Um, Wally, what's to you? <laughs> what does Wally West mean to you? <laughs> what would you say you do, do here? <laughs> Wally West in this season, um, it's kind of like the uh, the kid who thinks he can do it all when he's really poorly equipped to do anything of it, um, with it. Kind of reminded me of Ray Palmer in season. Three, two, every season. Yeah, pretty much all, all the seasons all time. of of every show. But um, when he first gets the um, the Adam suit, and he really has he was so bad, no idea what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, hell, they even had in the promos of him fucking up his suit. All right, I mean, <laughs> but uh, he's not a hero; he's a legend. It, it still doesn't make sense. No. I mean... It, Don't call us heroes. Call us... Uh, no. no. I'm no. not going to give you that title. Just <laughs> You're an you asshole. Can. What are you doing? I mean, it's still... It's uh, it's one thing I love. I was Scott from the Suicide Squadcast. Like, I, did, I wrote an iTunes review for that show, and I slipped in a Legends reference at the last line of it just to fuck with them because I knew it would get into Scott's skin. Did you talk about the production quality? I did. I, I, I did put the uh, Tim's uh, production quality over, and it's like, and I'm pretty sure the last line's like, these these hosts are not heroes. They're simply legends. I think that's how I ended the, the review. Nice. No wonder they blew me up <laughs> the last You uh, deserve to, to be blown, blown up. up in the last episode. Sorry, Justin, we cut you off. Jason blows me up, Zach. <laughs> 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 but yeah, he sort of reminds me of this kid, too. Wants to be able to help, but really doesn't want to go through the learning process of how that happens. And a lot of this season was Barry training him to become like the um, the Flash Point Two, not the Flash Point Two. Two point oh. Yeah, that could be really confusing <laughs> with Flash Point. Um, but yeah. The the backup flash, you know, if one. If flash, I lose one drive, I have one, a backup flash drive just in case. If one flash, flash sale, there, there was so many everywhere. I if one flash is busy, another flash can flash on in and you know clean up the the wreck. But um, I, I liked his relationship with Iris. I liked how they. Did a, a little bit of a switcheroo where originally it was going to be Barry that was going to try to save um, Iris, and then it was like, nope, we're going to have you try to become the fastest person so that you can save Iris, and then uh, he gets abducted by Savitar and thrown into the Speed Force for an episode. So he he had a lot of things going on with him this season. What I really loved was the glimpse that we got of kind of the brother sister crime fighting team mm. with Wally and and Iris and uh you know when 
in in Flashpoint world when he was facing was that guy was that Solovar was that who that guy was the kind of cool looking like with the black suit and kind of like the flamey things on him you remember who I'm talking about oh yeah the villain he faced off against um I, was his name Solovar someone was Solovar I don't think it was that I think it was no I think it started with the letter H for some reason well whoever that guy was um I liked seeing a world where Wally is the Flash and kind of operates with Iris and they're kind of it. And that's like, I would like to see a little bit more of that in season four of, you know, the kind of brother-sister crime-fighting team where Iris is kind of like the eyes and ears on the street and kind of like plays that role of having information and kind of being an investigative journalist and then using that to aid Team Flash and, in that case, Wally. I love that. Like, I would be down for that to be the show if they didn't bring Barry back, which obviously we know they're going to bring Barry back. But that was really fun, and it it showed to me that Wally is strong enough that in a world where... In a world where he has the wherewithal to be the Flash and isn't just the kid who gets the keys to the car and doesn't learn how to drive but wants to go as fast as possible, he would be able to be the Flash instead of just Kid Flash. So in that regard, I thought, big season for Wally. And I also liked when he got to be cutesy with Jesse again. That was nice. I agree. Long distance relationships are tough, man. I get, it. I got it from experience. I'll tell you. Yeah. So they just gotta, they gotta stick it out, and just someday they'll be on the same earth again. Plus, not only do they have to go to different earths for the wedding, they have to go to different earths just to to, to date. Yeah, just to, man. Can they even text? They have these Cisco vibe. Here's the vibe to text over. So nothing inappropriate can be gone because then Cisco would. That know. would be so awkward. If they tried to sext go. Now my skin's crawling. Thank you. <laughs> Wally sends a sext code to Jesse that says, let me see that thong, 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 thong. <laughs> like, Wally, do you really want me to say this? She doesn't sound like she's in the mood. Like, what do you care? Just send it. All it's right. like, hey, your name is Vibe. You sound like a sexual metahuman anyway. Um... I do feel that you're right, Chris, that, like, the show could theoretically last a little while with Wally being the only Flash. Mm -hmm. We kind of thought that's how this season might be or how the next season may start because Barry's in the Speed Force. We don't know how long he's going to be in there. Obviously, he's going to be in there, like, an episode or two at most. But the funny thing is, like... Barry Allen's Flash sacrificed himself in a crisis on infinite Earths in the, in the 80s, and like for nearly 20 years, he was out of normal circulation. And then Wally West was simply the Flash. Sure, you had Barry Allen's stories like every now and then, like flashback stories uh, published, but it was mainly Wally West was the Flash at that point. And I do like the fact that the show's kind of curbed that, and that it could theoretically work with him as the lead. And seeing him develop as the Flash and become his powers, come into his own, and then he could theoretically be faster than Barry at, at this point. His 
burgeoning relationship with Jesse is something that's really interesting because they're both speedsters, so they have something immediately in common like that. I do find it interesting that, like, normal Earth, uh, Wally doesn't have his powers just yet, but Jesse does, and he's trying his damnedest to get his powers. Because, he's like, I was here for that force, too, and why aren't I special? Why can't I do this, etc., etc.? And it's so awesome to see them work as a team with Barry and Wally side by side. That's something I was really like. And because not just for like, Oh, it's two flesh. It's two brothers working together. It's a family dynamic working together. I mean, working with friends and family can be good if it's going all right. If it's going, if you're having a really terrible like part of your life and you have to work together, that's just really awkward. But, and that happens from time to time. Like there kind of is a combative nature between Barry and Wally between like, um, dealing with uh, how what they're going to save Iris at the end, etc. But, yeah, Wally West becoming Kid Flash and him accepting the, the moniker of Kid Flash and at first. I wonder if he's going to be as simply as the Flash beginning of Season 4. Well, there is, in one of the promos, there is a shot of him wearing the red Flash outfit. Okay. So I don't know if that's something to where he's operating as Kid Flash and then whatever villain is out says bring me the flash and then as a misdirect he shows up in the red flash outfit so as to not raise any eyebrows kind of like when alfred dressed up like batman in batman 66 it's exactly like that actually yeah just he would probably take the glasses off in this one if need be remember when alfred was like his nickname was like gus yeah. <laughs> I hated that Alfred. He, was, he wasn't he was any fun. No. But, all right, let's move on to our favorite moments and least favorite moments of the season, and then we'll start to wrap this up. So, Justin, favorite moment and least favorite moment for the season? Favorite moment. If you want, I can go first if you want to think. No, I, I will go with the... The moment Barry realizes that Savitar is his, or one of his future selves, where they play back like a bunch of um, lines that Savitar has said throughout the season, and it becomes like really obvious if you hadn't guessed it already that... um, Savitar is Barry. Um, for me, that the way that Barry was able to work it out in that moment um, did something for me. So I, I, I really liked it. I think I think my favorite moment is was still really early on when we were in Flashpoint timeline and we met Iris as the detective. Instead of Joe, it was Iris, and just seeing Barry interact with her and their dynamic. There was something really fun about that, and it, while it wasn't, you know, obviously we talked about they didn't go the direction I thought they were going to go with Flashpoint timeline. That episode to me was, I had so much fun with that. I think that might have been the most fun episode for me of the whole series, and. It sticks out. That was the first thing I thought of when 
You asked for our favorite moments. I mean, there were a lot of great moments. Like I mentioned, the morning of, you know, Iris's, you know, uh, what was to be her last day alive. And the moment of the reveal that HR sacrificed himself. Um, any moment between HR and Cisco, those were always really fun and touching. And I don't, there, there was, I would have to go back because it's been a while since I, it's been a while. <laughs> no, I'm not playing inside. No, I'm no. not singing along with you. No, we're not going to do a stay and sing along. No, I feel kind of stained on this subject right now. Well, I guess you're just on the outside looking in. Oh! Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those, I think I think I mentioned quite a few. Is that sufficient? Yes. Um, one, probably my favorite moment is probably still that song, More Than I Cannot Wish You, from the duet. Um, other than that, another moment that I really love is... It, like you said, that with the the morning of when when Iris wakes up, and another moment that's really silly, but I, I laugh. It's when they go to Gorilla City, yeah, and we see Julian's outfit, like his knockoff, like Indiana Jones outfit he's yes. got going on. Oh and I think God. he even made a joke about it at one point, and I'm like, this is so silly, but I cannot help but love it. <laughs> and I mean, the gladiatorial battle between Grodd and oh. Barry was awesome. I like those episodes, the two oh, yeah. uh, Grodd-centric episodes. Completely yeah. forgot about that, yeah. too. A lot happened this season. Yeah. See, this, I can't, I just hate how every show on network television has to be, like, 20 episodes long when half of them you you forget about, and each one could be, like, its own season storyline if, if it were 10-episode uh, seasons. And for probably my like least favorite moment is that maybe the fact that like maybe didn't go far enough with Flashpoint and maybe we didn't have like you see like we did see a dystopian future of Flash's world at one point. Yeah, that was depressing. And like maybe it's like only least because I don't I don't want to see those characters there. And we have like Cisco is um oh yeah like his hands are destroyed and they can't vibe because he had dealt with uh with uh with killer frost and everything um and uh, so maybe like cause i didn't want to see those characters but like no no at moment in the show maybe say all right this is bullshit i don't want to do this like i didn't want to skip any episode i didn't want to like jump any further like it never got to that point like sometimes like um season three or four of our there were some episodes i'm like all right can i, can I skip this i should be able to right okay yeah, the, the entire season do i have control over my remote i do <laughs> um chris least favorite moment anytime that cisco and barry had tension between them or anytime when joe was um down and out any anytime really that the characters that we love and that we relate to are sad and and dealing with um you know strife and tension between characters we love i mean but that's that's a natural thing i'm supposed to feel that way it's not like oh i hated that why did they do that it's i was along for the ride and i was there there's really nothing there i don't think there there were 
many missteps that I would say, oh, no, I hated that because I watched the show and whether it's an amazing episode or whether it's just, all right, we're moving the story along. I like the show. I enjoy the show. I watch it and I enjoy it. And it's not, you know, it's it's 22 episodes and I'm there with them the whole way as opposed to 13 episodes of a show that. I, don't, I really don't want to make fun of Iron Fist anymore. <laughs> no more than he already deserves. But man, I mean, there, there are. I like this show. I like the Fla- I like Flash Man. Flash Man sounds like a like MC Hammer's like knockoff. Yeah, like produced by Bob Rock. <laughs> yeah. Bob Rap. <laughs> He's got a bad rap, that's for sure. Justin. Least favorite moments. Other than this podcast wanting to make you contemplate suicide. I'm just wondering, would sheet rock would sheet metal taste good? Oh dang it. Oh, dang it. Sheet rock is a distant relative of, of Bob Rock. <laughs> I think you roll out of this one. Rolling Rock is Bob Rock's favorite brand of beer. Oh god. <laughs> I do no. taste. <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> Um, I actually do have a, a very clear least favorite moment in the season, and that's when um, Iris and Barry break off their engagement because uh. she f- found out that the big reason why Barry proposed to her in the first place, not when he sings to her, but in the first place was so that... Um, she would have a ring on her finger in um when Savitar kills her and he thought that might change the future somehow. Um Yeah, it's Savitar also sounds like the brand of a VCR that would have been given away on Family Double Dare. <laughs> like Zenith Magnavox, Savitar. You're a brand new Savitar VCR! <laughs> and a BMX bike! I just found, I just thought it was like a really weak excuse to give them some drama, um, you know, mid, in the middle of the season. Because, like, he's doing it to save you, and two... In case you haven't been watching for the past season, three seasons, he's clearly in love with you. So, I mean, like, it's not like that's the only reason why he's doing it. I just, I thought it was not the not the smartest move they made this season. Is it a big deal? No. It's a very minor, almost nitpicky thing, but it's just something that never sat right with me. So, yeah, and what would your final thoughts on Season 3 and what your hopes for Season 4 to be? I love Season 3. I really enjoyed it. More than Season 2? I would say more than Season 2. Probably not as much as Season 1, but this was, you know, uh, excellent. You know, top of the class. (laughs) Top of the class. Yes. Straight A's. <laughs> I um 
I mean, season three overall for me was not. I wouldn't say it was an improvement or a step backward. It was kind of more of the same show that I I like. It wasn't my favorite show this season. My favorite show this season or last season was Arrow. Mm. Because I thought they had a really, really strong bounce back type of season that um, I would like to talk about at some point. Yeah. And I'm very hyped for the next season of Arrow, but also very hyped for season four of The Flash because, from all accounts, Barry is going to, I mean, after having spent what is the equivalent of many lifetimes in the Speed Force, he's going to be changed. He's going to be different. It's not going to be the same Barry that is always searching for answers and dealing with you know loss and regret and making mistakes it seems like he's going to be wise and cool and have his shit together and more of a leader and i'm really i'm ready for that i'm i'm at the point with barry where it's like yes if you're gonna still be on the show this is what you should be we don't need you to do you know, the same thing that you've already done for the first three seasons. We need you to learn some lessons here. We need you to not go and screw things up and have that be the entire crux of the show is fixing the mistake that you made and then doing that again and then doing it again and again and again, and again on, a, on a constant loop. That If that was going to be the show, then it, that would get tiring. I mean, I'd still like the characters, but it wouldn't necessarily go anywhere interesting. So... The fact that we're going to get, like, a wise, sage Barry, almost, and we'll see how they how they play it out and, and what happens. And if the Barry that comes back initially is actually the real Barry Allen, that would also be an interesting thing. If, if they brought Eobard Thawne back into the mix in some mm. way, if Speed's Force shenanigans happen, I mean, it could be. Um. Uh, don't uh, no, no. Don't put it past them. They may do it. If you watch Legends of Tomorrow, I think the uh, the whole Yabarthon thing is oh. out. Yeah. Without damn, to damn spoil Legends things. of Tomorrow. Ray Palmer is, is he should just be. They should kill him. They should just do away. Let's with just bring him back to Arrow. No. Yes. No. He was the best on Arrow. Eh. He's a lot better on Arrow than he is on Legends. Well, the problem with him on Arrow was that it, it gave us Felicity relationship drama, uh, which yeah, is what well, we, we don't need that. We got away from that this season. It was good. Um, so let's well, keep had, far She away. had a really good, healthy relationship until it ended suddenly. Yeah, with her Bugsy Malone or whatever his name was. <laughs> and I'm the, a cop. This is what I do. This is my job. Right, see? I'm going to go find some other humans. See? <laughs> Hey, green now! Flock! Oh, shit. Um, Arrow was really good. Yeah. yeah. I will finish. Finish it. I will finish it. Finish it. I mean, I don't know, like... Yeah. I will finish it as soon as possible, and we'll talk about it. I promise you that. Preferably before the next season starts, because I don't want to be talking about the old season when the new season starts. Yeah. Okay. So you have a, you have a ticking clock here. Okay, well, you're like Iris West. Before now. we what? podcast on infantile. What if? What if? Uh, okay, say if we recorded before the next season, can it go up after this next season starts? Oh yeah, because we're not talking about it then. Well, yeah, but I don't know if the listeners are gonna appreciate that. Okay. Uh, ideally, we should. <laughs> I'm thinking of you, listeners. Record it before that, and then like put it up like the day before the Flash starts up again. Okay. 
That's fair. We should actually record the season six Arrow review before the season happens and then see if we got it right. We should actually go back in time, record the Flash season five review. Uh, Four. No. Or and five. The Arrow season five oh, okay. review. And then come in a back timely, here. In a t- <laughs> and we'll have like Flash Arrow point where like we screwed up the future because we went into the past. And then Dusty's Trail is the big show, and Gilligan's Island is the knockoff that no one watched. Gotham's the big show that everyone watches, and the CW shows are shit. Yeah, Gotham is on the CW, and then all the other shows are on Fox. So what I'm looking forward to in Season 4 of Flash is... uh, Is not podcasting about it with us. um, I just want them to get away from a speedster villain as the big bad. I want to see something different. Obviously... I want to see if Wally West can hold the show for a while without Barry being there because I'm. It works in the comics. I'm pretty they're sure not, they're not doing. I know they're not going to do it for long, but I just want to see if they have. Barry's back in the first episode. Oh yeah. I know. I just. Want... It's Maybe... in the promo, or it's going to be something like what Flashpoint was, where he's gone for the first episode and then, hey, look, he's back. Yeah. I mean, I like, guess how... he was back. Back, back again. again. Flash is back. Tell, Tell a friend. friend. Oh, this is the most lackluster I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I did that. Yeah. I, I regretted it. We created as... a monster. Oh, God. <laughs> Should go back in time. Some and just... kind of monster. Don't. Uh, so, yeah, I'm curious like, to see like how he's grown as a character and what kind of hijinks will ensue in Central City. That's what I'm looking forward yeah. to the, the most. I watched this show for the hijinks, yes. I'm looking forward to who the next Bells will be. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious to see what Tom Cavanaugh is if he if he is going to be a primary character again in this. I know he's directing episodes of it now. I hope he still has an on screen presence in the oh, show. Oh, he better. It'd just be a void there that you we're so uh, used to at this point. He's almost more essential to the show than Barry. I mean what if it's just HR? What if like not not HR, what if it's just Harry? Like I'd be, I I'd be good with that, but yeah. I'd like to see at some point them play around with Another Wells. Yeah. At least at least for a few episodes. I mean, that's that's part of the fun of the show. Is... I mean, somebody needed to figure out the equation that HR got out of somebody to bring him back here. Maybe it was in different wells or something like that. I don't know. Or a female wells. Yeah. Him playing a female wells. Or just Harriet another actress. What? what? Harriet Wells. Harriet Wells. That's true, man. I can see how they can go in like that. Don't worry about it. Um, on that point, I'm just, let's, let's wrap this up. So, Justin, if you want people to follow you on social media, um, where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Justin Cirillo, C-I-R-I-L-L-O. Um, I tweet about sports, Premier League stuff, baseball, um, Occasionally, yeah, we're a dumpster fire of a president. <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, I, this one person you've been getting there, sir. <laughs> I was going to be the, to come back to the like, no, no, no. Don't forget him. Oh, God. So, yeah. That's, can this, be uh, flat, can this, this year be our flashpoint? That that's what it is? Oh, okay. man, please. It's our 1985A. Yep. Um. You don't want anybody to follow you on social media, so... You can follow me at Bob Rock. <laughs> you can also find me in the produce department. 
under D-O-L-E Dole. <laughs> and uh, occasionally I wear pajamas on a children's television show. That okay, sounds then. really, really creepy. It's it's a banana joke. Come on. Occasionally, you slip on me in Mario Kart. At least you're not a blue shell. Is you're it better, like you're that better, you're better than of that. Where they just up as fruits. That yeah, that too. Okay. Lost, lost downtown. <laughs> We've got no <laughs> money. And I'm dressed as a banana. And then a bag of money. A bag of money. Yeah. Wow, people of downtown really are nice. Sure are friendly. <laughs> so you are friendly. Um, you and, then, and, then, and then there's I the, the downtrodden family with their, their broken down car. Let me no. just tell you how pumped up I am for this Hey Arnold Oh, yeah, we got to do a podcast about that. Oh, yeah. And then Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling. Yes. Yes. Bob Rocco's Modern Life. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at TimothyRooney2. Follow my Instagram at TRooney1012. My Facebook and YouTube page is under the same banner Through the Lens Productions, where my latest short film, Jack, is up. A uh, bunch of other stuff in the pipeline for that. Look forward to uh, a new horror movie for Halloween and another comedy, but this one's a, with a sci-fi twist at the with it um, called Insert, so look forward to that. Guys, I want to thank you for taking time out to do this podcast and everything. Uh, I hope you guys have had fun. Fun? Yeah. <laughs> F is for friends who do stuff together. No, U is no. for you and no. me. Abort. No. F is for no, no, no. survivors. No. I'd rather be on the murder on the Titanic. <laughs> I'd rather be on Dusty's Trail. Yeah, I know. So I hope everybody's enjoyed this review of Flash Season 3. If you like this show, rate and review us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review so we can get the word out there. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you don't have to worry about the next episode coming. And leave them a review. Yes. Leave him a five-star review, which I did the other day, actually. You did? Because I was on iTunes, because I only have iTunes on my work computer, because I don't want that shit on my actual computer, because iTunes sucks. But sometimes I go through on my work computer and leave reviews for podcasts that I like, periodically. And I was like, you know what? I've never reviewed Tim's podcast, but it's a damn good podcast, and I'm on it sometimes. So that automatically makes it five stars, because I talk about John Denver. And Bob Denver. And Bob Denver. So humble. And Bob Rock. <laughs> Hope everyone has enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you soon. Anything went. Good night, Justin. Down Dusty's trail. Good night, Justin. Good night, Bob Rock. Day, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. Saturday, what a day. Move it all with you. Or, uh... The weekend comes, the cycle hums, move it all week with you. These days go on. Happy days. Happy days. Happy days. <laughs> oh, dear you better put this at the end of the this episode. This is totally going to the end. I'm just going to stand up and do the podcast. Is that all right? Like I'm doing fucking stand up? <laughs> Standing up. That's why they call it stand up comedy. I mean, it's just like in stand up. Oh my up. god, is this is this a sitcom now? <laughs> Someone, please kill me. You better include this. In I the will. I, as long as you don't delete it, I will include this. In I'm not deleting it. Okay, I'm not Torben. That's true. Um, <laughs> I, I I really don't think so. I really don't think so. SpongeBob, what are you doing? Oh, you know, Mr. Krabs, just hanging around. Boo. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? <clears throat>
<coughs> Are any of us ready? Mommy, 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 mom. Let me set it to Wombo. Figaro. Red I'm very glad we just did that. Let me just back off the gain a little bit. <laughs> All right. I uh, hope we did P2. So that's, our, that's the first episode of Delete That. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another show where if we just put up outtakes, and at the end of it, we just have put, like, somebody should just delete that. De- delete that immediately. Delete. 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 Um, yes, yeah, so I'm up to, like, episode three or episode four of new season Doctor Who at this point. Okay. That's right after the, uh, like, big Loch Ness Monster thing in the times. Oh, yes. All right. So, all right. You guys ready? Yes. You, don't, you don't want to have a drink or anything? You have to go to the bathroom? Okay, okay. cool. All right, then. <clears throat> I, haven't, I haven't thought of an intro at all yet, but so we're just going to. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. Shlemiel. Shlemazel. Hasabeth Incorporated. All right. All right. Five. Four. Three, two, one.